Welcome to Biggest Geekers. We're your hosts. I'm Randy. And I'm Joe. This is episode 85 of our show. The date is Thursday. That's right, Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Semester is over, Joseph. As of today, all tests are graded. All students have been failed. Great. That is awesome. Now, I have, I'm um, supposed to be, we are supposed to be on Facebook as well. And in looking at hmm. the dashboard for Facebook, hmm. um, I'm not seeing a way to, for it to go live. Oh, here we go. Send it live, baby. Could people just stumble no. upon it by knowing us or not? Or they have to do Biggest Geekus? It's on the Biggest Geekus um, page. Um, suppo- it's supposed to be. Shadow Arn Man Martinson. Got a small crowd, but I figured with tonight with uh, the Thursday switch, we might have some issues. Oh, Darth is in. What's up, bud? What's All up? right. Okay. So uh, before we get too far into our normal stuff, I'm not sure what to do here at face at, at the Facebook go live part. It's not working right. Oh. So um, <clears throat> don't know what to do about it. I just try to add an extra source, and it's not working. So, oh well. And error. All right. So, um, as most people who are not living under a rock know, Mm -hmm. Elon Musk bought Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, The deal isn't completely sealed yet, Mm -hmm. but there's very little to stand in the way. so I'm sure there's something somebody can do. Hail Mary, maybe get in the way. I don't know. The government. They like to mess with stuff. Anyway, um, right after he bought it, uh, there was a change in atmosphere on Twitter. Yes. I, I made I made a post. There were some other folks posting the politically incorrect phrases that they would get banned for or whatever. Right. And uh I posted uh, my patented orcs are, uh, uh, what did I say? Orcs are not uh, code for black folks. Right. And so far, that uh, post has over 2,000 likes. <laughs> That's cool. And, you know, we only have a couple, of, oh, no, we only had 170 um, um, followers on Twitter. Oh, okay. That's all we had for our our um, show's a- account there. Huh. However, to over 2,000, it was 21, like 2,100 the last time I looked. Wow. And uh, we jumped 100 um, folks. 100, uh, 100, and 100 plus. We wow. got 100 new followers on Twitter, which is awesome. And the whole atmosphere kind of changed. Uh you could see folks that you saw very little, if any, except if you went to their account uh, over and over again. Um, yes, Arnman, the penalty for Twitter to not seal the deal is a billion dollars paid to Musk, which they don't want to do because they probably don't have a lot of cash on hand, I bet. Um, if uh, Musk pulls out of the deal, he would have to pay a penalty to Twitter. Right, right. Yeah, right. I don't think he's doing that. Right, right. No, he wants it already. Howdy, Legion. Yeah, so, up? yeah, um, it was very unusual. Usually I make a post on Twitter and like three people 
like it and nobody retweets it, um, which is fine. I, I'm nobody, but I make that post and. Uh, well done. Well done, Maximus. How can you tell you get? Oh, because you hear you see the the block thing. I didn't get any of that really. You see but, this block, the blockade. <laughs> yeah. Um. So just a flood of people saying either yes or no. Either one's fine. Right. Uh, it's, it's it's free speech, so you can say what you want. Uh, I'll disagree with you, obviously, because sure. if you say no to what I said, because uh, what I said is objectively the truth. Um, it is. It is. It is. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> Was that your ding or my ding? I didn't get dinged. That must be mine. Let me dinged me. Let me close that. And huh. I've, I've that yet to watch that. Max Oops. says his spell jammer video made people feel things. I've started to watch it today. I'm going to get right back into it. So. Yeah, I know I watched just the per first part of the video, and I was with you guys. I mean, I thought it was kind of a whole lot of nothing and weird, kind of weird. Lots of hate, huh? Oh, oh, good. Well, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that hate me because I said I don't even like Spelljammer. So I think I never did. I never did. I bought. I get on Twitter just to <laughs> just to block Max. Well played, <laughs> sir. Well played. <laughs> yes, everybody, go out there and. Give Max some love by blocking him. Block love. Block, block love. Oh, hey. Dude. Red dice. Di hey. Oh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I got the power tonight, too. That's trouble. I'm messing with Joe's power. Is it John? Is this John or is this Hannah? Maybe it's John and Hannah. That'd be cool. That would be. Yeah. That would be very Gosh, cool. What time is it your time, buddy? You you were threatening to get on here. That's cool. He's, he's made his threat good. So, yeah. Oh. Um uh, over a hundred comments, lots of retweets. Um, cool. So do you cool. think this is, is this promising? You think? I mean, it seems like on the surface, I'm still not on Twitter, and I'm not really, um, I'm not inclined to get on it because I just don't care. Right, I did right. talk a little bit on Gilded today. Um, that was a a topic. I think I sent you the outline for next week. I have an idea. I think it'll be fun. Oh, it's John. Excellent. Oh, oh, thirty six here. Okay. All right. Good man. Yeah. Stay strong, brother. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, perspective. Twitter's not a real place. Fair enough. Um, it's just, you know, a website. So, yeah. it, its impact can't, you know, the funny thing is, while it's not a real place, and one can say its impact is probably minimal overall. Yes. It made news. There's all kinds of folks talking about it. So, it's hard. It's hard to really say one. Here's way. what I think: it shouldn't be impactful because not that many people are actually on Twitter in terms of the population. Right. And yet the corporations and different media act like it's and they jumped on it too early on, like it was the greatest thing ever, and it means nothing. And I think corporations make decisions that are literally just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and like, why am I? Why am I following? There's tiny percentage of people that are like saying, oh, yeah, progress, progress, progress. Right. So, um, yeah, um, Darth had a comment on Spelljammer. Yeah. Spelljammer never made sense to me why fly a ship from planet to planet when you can just use a plane ship. Yeah, you know, I was, you know, I'm a Planescape guy. I never felt that they worked too well together. Um, and I get the people that like, ooh, pirates. And that was kind of an interesting draw. But when I saw the hippo men, the, I was just kind of like, you know, and then it just seemed dumber and dumber and the phlogiston. And I was like, ah, I'm out, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, John. Twitter is given a disproportionate amount of attention by companies. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Spelljammer. I liked kind of the idea, kind of the same, probably from the same point of view of what you just said. Sky Pirates. That sounds fun. Sounds fun. If they would have left it at Sky Pirates and left the phlogiston out and the crystal sphere nonsense, I didn't like any of that. I thought it was I thought it was extra stuff you didn't need. Yeah. Um, having a supplement of air combat with flying ships, uh, uh, some of them living because yeah. of elves. That sound that has a cool flavor to it. I did like I like the living ships. They were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But some a lot of the other stuff, I was like, whatever. I'm with Max. I, I never really liked Spelljammer. I wanted to like it, but I never did, is what Max said. And that's true. I wanted to. I really wanted to. But, you know, some people love it better than Planescape, and that's fine. Um, oh, no more Phlogiston in the 5e version. Now you Yeah, yeah. And the people complain about that. Of course. Well, you can't. The, the purists, you know, we don't know any of those guys. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are complainers about that, but other people are like, oh, it's their IP. And it is. They can do whatever they want whatever to. Whatever they want to do with it, yep. I made a couple of comments out there about uh, um, they can't make it any worse than it was. Oh, <laughs> hold on. This is Wizards oh. of the Coast. Yeah, they can. Yeah. <laughs> What's the saying? Wizard goes, hold my beer. Watch this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch this, Joe Harden. Here's how we'll make it super crap. <laughs> yeah, and they did. Uh, I mean, apparently they, and, and they don't have to. I heard some folks talking about. They didn't even talk to the original creators, and they don't have to. They don't have to. They own it, but you would think if you want it to be, if you want to appeal to the crowd that loved it originally. Um, no, they don't, though. No, they don't. They, they, they don't. They want to the blue hair, blue checkmark crowd, and okay, do your thing, man. Right. The Wizards. Uh, I'm not sure like, they are. I'm not, huh? sure they're doing that. I'm not sure they're actually appealing to them either. Who? Um, the blue check mark crowd because their last few books have not been the greatest sales of what I've heard. CBK. No, well, so hey, CBK fly. Um, yeah. Um, so there's a couple of different schools of thought you can go with on that. One yeah. is there, there, they um, weren't interested in the first place, even though you can tell who they were marketing it to. Right. The other thing is, is a lot of people say this about the left is they don't have any money to be spending on stuff. Oh. So um, most of them work at Starbucks or whatever menial jobs um, and, and carry a, a large uh, debt to some college somewhere who's cackling and in delight at the money coming into them. Yeah, they majored in uh, saltwater caramel studies. Right, right. So um, I'm not sure which is actually true because we don't really know the data, but we do yeah. know that the folks that they're marketing some of these things to don't sell. No. So who knows? Who knows what it is? Yeah. But um, at this point, I think uh, it could be um, because Spelljammer and what's the other one coming out? Dragonlance. Um, This is uh, potentially them throwing spaghetti at the wall. You know, let's put out a bunch of stuff and see what sells. And well, it's uh, like they they reach into the nostalgia bowl mm -hmm. and they pull it out and go, huh, let's completely change this, but call it this. I mean, I know, um, oh, who's Max's buddy? Heathen Dog over at Legion. He was not happy about uh, Did you watch their Dragonlance? The little first, when they first spilled a little bit of info about the Dragonlance? He lost it, dude. No, I heard about, uh, 
what happened, but I didn't watch that video yet. Oh, uh, just just in case, if there's anybody watching that is new who came in on the Elon Musk Twitter wave, welcome, and uh, we appreciate your view. Um, we only got one um, bump up of one on subscriptions here in uh, YouTube or uh, whatever you call it. Subscri subscription, not uh, a subs we have a new subscriber. Yeah, just one. So uh, 2000 likes and lots of re retweets and whatnot didn't really generate so far much of anything. Like Red Dice's comment, plus reheating the leftovers of previous editions is easier than making good new stuff. Correct. Truth. And you know, fifth edition, though some would disagree perhaps, isn't so different that you couldn't just grab a copy off of drive through as a PDF, yep. print it out at Lulu or not, mm -hmm. and use it. It would take. It wouldn't take all that much conversion. A little. To, to do what again? To, to convert it. You know, you oh. could uh, grab. Uh, you can go grab an old version, like uh, um, someone just said. Red dice was that who said it? A POD version, yeah, print on demand. Yeah. yeah. Of the old Spelljammer, you could do that and, and run it in fifth edition with very little, oh. if you know what you're doing. I argue. Short of fourth edition, uh, probably fourth and third both. Third was pretty. I don't. You know. could. It would take more work than fifth, probably, but fourth, you could do it. Fourth, fourth would, was. Fourth would take a lot more work. Third would take more than others, but the other editions are pretty. Even five E is pretty. Well, actually, you may not even need to do a whole lot of work in either of those. All you have to do is ignore stats. Just use the fluff. Yep. True. In, in the lore, that would be easy. And you could carry all that stuff throughout all of the editions. You don't need a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of worry with that. So it's, it's cash grab, which is fine if, as things go, they're a business, they want to make money, but they could make new stuff, like people yeah, say. But, you it's know, they're, not, they're new stuff. What's it, the Radiant Citadel crap? And they're, um, gosh, not camping. Is Radiant Citadel? The setting exactly new or was that something they uh, magic the gathering stuff maybe i've never seen anything like it yeah. uh, honestly even if i don't like their magic the gathering stuff at least that is new new to rpgs yeah well yeah new in the D, &D sphere yes yes correct yes. so you know i actually you know even the stuff that i think is crap like what was that wild beyond the witch light at least they did something new i will give them a half a point for that you know but um the other poop I'm kind of oh, dude! Since John is on here, dude. Huh? I want to know, John. John at Red Dice. What are your recommendations uh, for OSE modules? I just got a Holy Mountain Shaker, and I ordered a Rack Veil kind of compendium thing. I'm kind of going to go down the OSC route at VengerCon, uh, July 22nd, 24th. Please show up. I'm running two sessions. Um, I would love to know what's your opinion because John runs OSC a lot. What kind of modules he would recommend? So apparently, you know, I'm, I was just grasping. Oh, it's okay. not part of Magic the Gathering. So it's brand like, new. So yeah. apparently they don't even know how to do brand new stuff very well. Well, they got people. Well, here's the problem. They might have very good creatives on staff, but they're focusing too hard on representation. I mean, that's that's the problem. I mean, yeah, you put that first. Yeah. And worry about the creative part later. Mm -hmm. Is Radiant Citadel? I remember reading about it while when like it first a, came up. Is it a, a, is it an adventure anthology type thing? Sort of, but it's not. You know, it's a. Remember, we, we covered it once. It was like 
12 different cultures came to this body of this dying God or dead God. Oh yeah. That. And or dead giant or something. I mean, it sounds like something they ripped off from like dead gods, but, but then, then they went totally weirdo. Not even. Yeah. The police carry shields, but no, no uh, weapons because you know, yeah. Defund the police. Yeah, I'm down with Darth. I'm okay with updating settings. Not a problem. They want to bring it to 5A, but they need to expand, not change every dang thing. I agree. There's a difference. Yeah. Come on, son. That's sure, cool. sure. I mean, you do the little uh, rules tweaking. Yeah. And then expand a little bit, you know, add a little bit of lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, thanks, John. Hall's the Blood King. Writing that down. I've seen that on eBay and other places. I want to talk about OSC's little adventures. I know John has done a heck of a job on his site talking about it, but I got my first one and it matched what he was saying. They just, the way they write adventures is kind of intriguing, Joe. And I think you will find it interesting. Uh, but I'm going to read, I got that Holy Mountain Shaker. The Halls of the Blood. All right, cool. Because I'm running that game at VengerCon and I want to use one of those modules as kind of a basis. So anyway. Good deal. Right, shall we move on to the next one then? Yeah, what yes, we do. Ooh. And the person who made the call in is here in the chat. Dude, he is our most prolific call in guy. Um, let's see. I am pulling up. Prepare to bask in your own glory, John. <laughs> yes. So, apart from that, um, that's really the new stuff for me. Okay. Anything else going on with you? New? Well, I mentioned I'm done with. Let me look on here. I'm done with school as of today. Yeah. Got all my grades in. Everything is completely finished. Um, because I'm awesome, the fastest grader in the West, which would be bragging if it weren't true, but I really am. Um, and so I got about nine, ten days off before the spring semester starts, and uh, we'll be cabin conning that first week of the spring semester, or at least the end of that first week. So fun, fun. Groovy. Yeah. So. I'm getting that call-ins ready. Yep. Here we go. Number one from John Allen Large at Red Dice Diaries. <laughs> hey there, guys. It's John here from Red Dice Diaries. Just listening to your high-level breakdown episode where you're asking for some input on what monsters we'd like to see you look at. And I'd love to see you look at some of the intelligent undead, so like liches and stuff like that. Especially if you could look at some of the ones that have been made more popular in culture, like the vampire. I've looked at those a bit myself. And I think it's sometimes a little bit difficult to bring something a bit fresh and new to those monsters because they've been pretty much done to death. So like I said, I've tried looking at them myself, but I'd love to hear what you guys have to say on them. Anyway, take care the rest of the episode. Cool. Write that down. Off the top of my head, mm-hmm. I have to agree with John. Mm-hmm. Vampires have been done so much. Yeah. Um, if you take the classic vampire mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, try to roll with that, it, you, your options for doing new are probably a bit limited. Yes. But if, there are at least 100 vampire variants of in uh, 
the real world in real world mythologies. So your I would say off the top of my head, your best bet is to look them up and apply one of those. Most likely. Um, apart apart from that, I um, um, what's his name? John, um, Max from Legion of Myth uh, smartly when we had our episode on this very topic mm-hmm. because our last um, our last episode on monsters was about corporal corporeal undead which included right. liches and vampires right uh, Max suggested uh, an older tome uh, um, it wasn't Van Richten's guide was it do you yes. remember yes Van Richten's guide Okay, it was a, an older Van Richten's guide that, that detailed a bunch of uh, variant undead. Probably Van Richten's guide to the undead. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember what what name it was. Of it. Was called that. It, was it wasn't just um, the uh, Raven. It wasn't just the Ravenloft. Um, a Ravenloft sub- supplement. I don't think so. Okay, well, I mean, a Van Richten's guide is a Ravenloft sub- supplement. Because yes. Van Richten is a Ravenloft character, yes. and back then they kept him in Ravenloft. <laughs> yeah, back in the second edition, that was a second edition. I'm pretty sure most thing. of the, the there was a glut of supplements for Ravenloft, and it came out during the second edition era. Yeah, right. So, but we will probably revisit that because we need to do a little more justice to the monsters. I think yeah. to help instead of just saying, "Hey, this is what the books say." Yeah, have fun. We need to do a little more. Yeah. All right. Number two from John. Hey there, guys. It's John Harrigan from the Red Dice Diaries, listening to the end of your high-level breakdown episode. And when you were talking about Vampire and your generations, where you sort of stuck with it, technically you are, but you can, however, if you, like, drink all the blood and the soul of another vampire who is a better generation than you, you effectively lower or improve your generation by one since you absorb that power and it brings you closer to Kane. And it's supposed to be a big no-no in vampire society and it's a horrendous crime. But you get some extra XP for it and you get a power boost. So someone's going to end up doing it eventually in a vampire game. In fact, the Sabat, the sect, pretty much does it on the regular. I don't know why I've done it a few times in games. Anyway, I'm going to get back to listening to the episode. Guys, keep up the good work. I'll catch you soon. I remember I thought there was something like that, but I played Vampire so little, John, that I just, I don't know. But it just, what little I played, it's mostly, remember the little dots for your power yeah, levels, yeah. and that's about it. On the character sheet, you know, filling yeah. in as you go. Some of the names and stuff of the, right. the Bruja and the Gangrel and stuff like that. That's all I remember a few names. I imagine it should be somewhat difficult to take out a vampire that's more powerful than you. I suppose if you gang up on him, yeah, you know, just like anything else, you 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 bring enough firepower, they're going to go down. Yeah, and I wonder. It probably depends too on how many generations. I mean, if they're only like a generation behind Kane, you better watch it. <laughs> you better have a heck of a group, if I remember correctly. Oh sure, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I it's been a long time since I read any of their books, uh, the uh, vampire books, but mm-hmm. I do remember that you didn't really want to. Um, you didn't want to mess with anything much more than one uh, generation. Yeah, older than you because yeah, they get you. They ramp up. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that's it from John from Red Dice Diaries. Thank you for your call-ins. Yep. 
and let me stop the share. All right. It's so easy to stop. It's I mean, it's like five clicks to get it going. It's stupid. Yeah. All right. What's next on the slate? We're going to talk about that sweet, sweet Thor trailer. Did you watch it, Joseph? You must have watched a different Thor trailer than I. <laughs> Love and Thunder. Oh, man. What a pile of dog crap. So Thor yeah. is open and not wanting to be a hero again. Yeah, he's, he's become a big... Uh, story. I mean, how many times are they going to do that? Yeah, I mean, they've on, they, it was only every other issue back in the day. Yeah. I don't know who I am. Okay, you lose your powers. Now you're some dude with a, cr- a cane. Um, well, I think Which, that, that was fine. That was a fine storyline until once he got, you know, got his head on straight, he, be, he you know, became himself. <clears throat> but it's so many times, so many times. In fact, part of the, um, um, what's that? What's the story arc with the Avengers in the movie, the cinematic universe? Endgame, the Gauntlet thing? Yeah, Endgame. So, I I don't think I saw Endgame, but some of the other ones, he had kind of a I don't know where who I am arc in that too because and the comics and the comics he didn't do it that much yeah. at least not when I was reading he was always pretty cool uh, but he did have a couple of things before we go on his first movie it, that Thor trailer is dank dank's a bad thing right no he's he's joking obviously oh <laughs> yeah it, dank dank is groovy yeah. but in a dark way. Right. Yeah. John says uh, Thor's trying to find himself for the tenth, fifth time in a row. Yeah. And so he, he plants his. So in, in the in the video, he plants uh, the big axe instead of Mjolnir um, in the ground. He's like, I got to go. He goes off to be a hippie or whatever. Definitely. And it, like, and it looks like Valkyrie's this. They call her King Valkyrie. And I'm like, stupid. Dude, it's a chick. I don't care if she is a lesbian. She's not a king. king. Is masculine. Correct. And she looks, and, and I never thought of it before, but Critical Drinker and a few others did some reviews. You know that actress in, the, in those movies? She has one expression. Yeah, yeah. I'm annoyed. That's it. Oh, John says dank means crap in my part of the UK. Oh, okay. 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 So I didn't know what yeah, that Yeah, so people call dank, uh, have a phrase called a dank meme. Mm. And from what I've been able to gather right. from it, a dank meme is a really, you go dark. It's okay. not crap. It's you've go, you've gone dark, like making oh. fun of dead babies and stuff like that. We are we are though, John. We're old, so yeah, you know, yeah. Idioms are passing us by. The newer ones. We owe um, it. But also, then there was the part with the oh god, Natalie Portman, Miona. Okay. Joe. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So Thor had an identity crisis at the very beginning of his cinematic run, right? When he, mm-hmm. because, you know, he got kicked out of, of Asgard, Asgard and he know. couldn't pick up his hammer. And finally, at the end of the movie, he got his head on straight. Okay. Right. One. So he had it in the, uh, you know, end game thing because Mjolnir was destroyed because he didn't have his head on straight. Right. And then finally got his head on straight and he got the axe. Yeah. And now after he's he got his eye ripped out. And he got, after he got his eye ripped out. So Nally Portman's character. Yeah. Is not an Asgardian. Nope. So Mjolnir is there to focus the powers of Thor. Yep. So she she might be worthy to pick it up because she might be a really good character. That's fine. 
but what are you focusing? She's an art. She's a, um, a normal human, but she's a scientist. So yeah. she can do science better with the, with the hammer. Yay. Yeah. But they have her all on the, well, you know, you know how they're going with the multiverse of madness. She's going to be, she's going to be a, uh, what's her, whatever her character name is. I forget. She's so, she was so forgettable. Their chemistry was a joke. Yeah. It was nothing. And, um, she's so forgettable. And then like, she's going to be like this alternate universe, whatever her name is. Somebody help me. What is her character's name? Jane Foster. Yeah. And then, uh, which is really not like Jane Foster in the comics that I remember. But anyway, long story short, it looks so stupid. Um, and yeah, green apple, green apples here. I'm going to look, I got to admit something to you guys. I caved in. I want to talk about later today. Not only did I watch this stupid, um, commercial for Thor. I watched the Batman about two weeks ago. I watched it on HBO. I know Joe, I deserve it. Deride me. I told me I wasn't going to do it. It was a couple of buddies and I caved in. We were bored. No excuse. And I'm going to give a full review on it. But, uh, the good thing is this. It confirmed I don't need to watch those movies. They're trash. Um, the Batman is way overhyped. Mm-hmm. It is nowhere. Well, I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So I thought Love and Thunder was exactly what Marvel's gonna produce. Um, dog crap. Right. So the only reason I looked at the trailer is because it's on our show because he Right. Did. I know, I made you watch it. Um and the whole time I was like, is Thor becoming gay or something? He's become, dude, in the end, you know what's going to happen? He's going to say, oh, Jane Foster, you're so much more worthier than I am. You keep the hammer. And I, should, I think he says that already. Oh. Doesn't he say that in the in the trailer? Somebody said something like that. Oh, and this is even worse. Look at this. No, she's not a multiverse Jane Foster. She's the same one from the MCU. Okay. Yeah, don't worry, Duncan. You want the review? I'm assuming you mean the Batman? Well, if so, you're getting it tonight. Yeah, no, got to hang till the end, though. So, but yeah, um, I didn't see anything in the trailer I liked at all. Of uh, yeah, no, Thor was complete and utter poop. It was um, just beyond stupid. Mm. So, yeah. thumbs down. And Darth, I apologize. Don't, don't waste your don't waste your time on Even, that nonsense. No, it's garbage. So, did you get a chance though to watch my uh, total party skills? Video? Yes. Right. Yes. What do you think of that? What do you think of Waspinator's take on? And in a nutshell, it was brands antagonizing their fan base. Yeah, um, I thought it was weak take. Oh, did you? Okay. Okay, so he's saying the people in charge of these these places, of these IPs, aren't connected to their origin. You know, they didn't create them. They don't really know anything about them, but they bought them. And now they put some folks in charge of them and they're just going off in weird directions. And that's why people are mad. That's essentially what he said. And he, and he tried to deflate those of us who say that they are, you know, uh, the woke. Okay. He said, "Ah, it doesn't have anything to do with that. They just don't understand the IP. And I'm like, all right. And this is why I think it's a weak take. Yes. He's ignoring the fact that they've said what they're doing yes like star wars yep the force is female correct are you kidding me yeah um the mcu my uh feige is that his name yep kevin feige he said there he wants to put women to be prominent more than half prominent women 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 oh yeah so 
don't tell me these folks aren't purposefully, um, not purposefully to shoot themselves in the foot. They think that it's a great idea to to subvert your expectations and to gender swap and race swap. They just, that's what they do. And it's because they're woke. They think that um, black people are, are underrepresented in Hollywood, even though they're not. And they weren't when they started doing this. Nope. Black people and women, they're all over the place. So, yeah. Um, John agrees. He yeah. said, uh, antagonizing your fan base is standard operating procedure. I think you're right, Joe. I, I, and you know, the Waspinator, King Waspinator, I enjoy his videos, even though he is clearly much more left than I am. Uh, but he always goes a little softballish. It's the soft, yeah. And I think what he's doing is he's because I, I don't know the man, but I don't know if he just wants to appear to be this perfect neutral guy who's not swayed at all by anything because he does come off as like nothing phases me. It's all cool. And you know what? That may be him, and that's yeah, okay. Yeah. But I, I, I but I think, he, why would you do that? Why are you purpose? I, I guess they just don't understand anything about those these brands they bought. So either it's either ignorance mm-hmm. or um, well, agenda or something. I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't really care. I, 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 ha- I can't watch his videos because every time you, you turn on his videos, you're looking up his nose. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, I don't like that. That's a tad annoying. Dar says there are some great female characters in comics. Absolutely. If yeah. They use them instead of changing everything, they would be, not be the problem. That's right. Just use the ones you have. Don't make Thor a female. And I get there's a female Captain Marvel. And I, I, I would rather have seen Marvel, which they totally changed him. He was the bad guy in Captain Marvel, Marvel. And so um, I just, and they switched the whole Cree and uh, Scrolls. Now the Scrolls are the quote unquote poor, oppressed group. And the Cree are the evil empire bad guys. I mean, they were both bad guys in the original, you know, the ones I read. But. The point is, he, Darth is right. There's plenty of good female characters. Just use them. Just use them. I mean, they, can, they can't seem to get the Phoenix story right. So I guess they can't write. They can't. They can't use the female characters as written. They got to turn them into uh, some representation of some some group they think is marginalized. Right. Mm. All right. So yeah, um, I still like Total Party Skills, but he does aggravate me, and I may not be able to stay with him too long. I thought his take. I thought his. Statement was good, but you're right. He really wasn't. He won't. Com- he won't. He doesn't want to appear to be. I think either one way or the other. Well, he probably. You know, he's left wing, so he probably does think that the right people yammer on too much about the woke. Hmm. Yeah. Either that, or he could just. It could just be a video of him saying something that he maybe he believes a little bit. Who knows? But he's not really committed too much to that belief. He and seems to be here's committed- a video. He seems he to be committed mainly to neutrality. Hmm. He, he won't go too far either way, but hey, that's all right. Um, so far, I still like him, but I can get why you why not. Okay, now, you sent me this next one, Joe, uh, and I had to watch that. And dude, could that dude speak fast? Okay. <laughs> I read yep. the uh, an article about it. I didn't really, I didn't watch a video. I did so both. They, I did both. And um, I did so... I don't know about fast. So, but I, it's essentially um, a Hungarian game company. I can't remember the name of it. um, Had the rights to do translation work Mm -hmm. and they had it all done and they were waiting for the. On 5e. On 5e. 
and they had it all done there waiting for the go ahead and they got screwed over by Watsy um, and Gale Force 9 it's not just what was well, it was during the kerfuffle that Gale yeah. Force 9 and Watsy were having a few months back maybe yeah. Like, yeah. and when they got that settled they just ignored these people and this and this conversion to Hungarians completely done and they have like 5,000 people ready to buy the book committed to buy the book and I guess it's just pennies to Watsi or but Watsi has their own, you know, they had a problem with the Korean translation, the Spanish translation. So I guess they want to put it all in house. And because it used to be Gale Force 9 was their European leg for translating. And um, yeah, I, I just don't see, I mean, Watsi just doesn't give a crap. They will just step on people. And you know what? I remember when Hasbro bought Watsi. Early on, just around the third edition era, and everybody was, you know, crying and moaning and saying, oh, my God, the big company. And I, like a dummy, was like, I don't mean nothing. Apparently, it does. Apparently, they're the, they are exactly what we would call the caricature of a big company that doesn't care about the little guy. Right. Because what's that? Seems like- I mean, what can the, I mean, the, the country, of, the guy said the country of Hungary, Hungary, <laughs> Hungary um, has... Maybe five, six thousand people that even like to play role playing games. I right. mean, I mean, percentage wise. So I get it; they're a drop in the bucket. But why would you just poop on a, that many people? That's five thousand times fifty bucks. Why would you? Do uh, that? More. Yeah, yeah, more. It's more because uh, because there's shipping involved. Mm-hmm. So that now, if they all they had to do is um, provide them like a, a digital. Um, representation of the book and then they print it there that's one mm-hmm. thing right. but most likely not most likely they had to ship the books to them so they were and you know they're going to be paying the shipping costs it'll be translated into the cost of the book and um <laughs> it was just going to be money for them oh i just noticed uh bruce i just commented bruce has to go he's got to do I, I was trying to move to thursday i thought we were going to be dodging gatekeepers i guess there was no gatekeepers this week yeah, there was. Oh, yeah, was there was. Okay. Did it's you... just uh, there was nothing. There was nothing for it. We uh, we my wife's. Okay, we didn't say this at the beginning. Um, so my wife's birthday was Tuesday. Oh. So yeah. I so I felt it um, best to spend that with her. Wow, um, that's that's a novel idea. Yeah. So and Wednesday was out because we had Bible study that yep. night, mm-hmm. and so um, here we are today. And you know Wednesday is. Gatekeepers, Thursday's table breakers, Friday was going to be bad too because uh, uh, it was Friday. Yeah. So and Friday uh, is um 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 um, um, um uh, chill stream chill stream on Max's channel. So yeah. sorry, Bruce. Hate to interrupt your guys, but I'm sure you guys we won't affect your dudes. Oh, he says happy birthday. We'll do, Bruce. If she's not on here, um, in the shadows already. Right. Oh, all right. So now I move on to the next topic. Yes. So this came up Tuesday night when we would have been podcasting. My wife, this is just a, I thought it was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. She plays a game called Ebony, which is a war game through her iPad. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's totally PVP. And you know my wife, Deb, Joe knows my wife. She's not into PVP at all. So you can make these magical bubbles. It's basically a civilization, resource management. Then there's wars, but you can put a bubble around your city for the right price and you can't be attacked. And um, 
she was told at a certain time there was um, there was a um, NPC and she won't attack the PC cities, and so there was an NPC city that NPC city that was cropped up, and she was told to go attack it by an ally. So at this time you can attack them. So she did. Oh, what's Bruce saying? Dude, we want you to be big. You guys are us. You guys and us are just small game. We don't we don't take our streams down. And you guys just need to get your content out. Yes. We're all in this together, bud, just like uh, over at Red Green Show. Cool. So anyway, um, so anyway, she goes to do this. And while she's gone, if you want to attack somebody else, you got to take your own bubble down. Well, she went and attacked the NPCs and got the little bit of loot and came back and her city had been ravaged. Yes. She had been attacked by a guy. She had like 21 million warriors. He had 528 million. <laughs> and he just kicked the poop out of her. She was madder than a hornet. And so she, I got to rebuild all this stuff. And one of her guild mates sent her some, because they tend to help each other when they get screwed, sent her a few resources. Then she gets a big gift from this guy. She doesn't, she goes, oh, she was talking, thank you. I just, I went out and this butthole just came and attacked me. <laughs> and the guy responded, I'm that butthole. Yeah. The butthole had sent her that stuff. And he goes, hopefully you'll learn your lesson not to let your bubble down. <laughs> So he was, and it was just so hilarious because she's like, ah, she couldn't even type for a while. <laughs> I was like, you know, in a strange way, you know, and she knew it already, but he was kind of teaching her. That's how the thing, that's how the cookie crumbles in PVP. Well, First plus those, there's a, there's a bunch of games built just like that one. Mm-hmm. You have a big map where you have individual little uh, holdings at. It's either zombies or, yep. e- or even is this, this is essentially yeah. the same. They're all scattered differently, but it's essentially the same engine. And, um, yeah, it's it's very easy for some uh, really powerful dude to come and squish you. Um, And, yeah, if you have have the ability to put up a shield, you should do that. Well, well, she does generally, but it was like, and you can't keep it up when you're attacking, but I still thought it was so funny. He sent her stuff, gave her some stuff back. And she, she was telling him, oh, thank you. Some guy just came and raised my city. He goes, yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> and so I thought that was so funny. And she's like, I don't, I get her because I don't, I wouldn't like it either. I don't, because it seems ridiculous. If you're a gigantic dude, why are you crushing little ants? Because you can. <laughs> I guess. I just don't have that mentality, but okay. Yeah. Well, the game's, a, that's what the game's about. Um, that's, well, that's one aspect of the game. Okay. Well, I have one little thing that wasn't on the list I want to talk about this week. And and my attention to this podcast has waned, but I do appreciate them because, honestly, they have helped me. They helped me format the outlines that I do. Even our introduction is modeled a little bit after them. That's gaming and BS. And I know Joe's not a big fan of them. And I do like them well enough, but they're pretty they're pretty SJW friendly. But they're ending. After seven and a half years, they said uh, that episode 380 was the other day, and Brett and Sean at Gaming and BS are uh, ending their podcast at episode 384. And I do appreciate that they were actually one of the two first two RPG, first two podcasts that I ever consistently listened to Gaming and BS, and then something called RPG Circus, which is now way over. Um, I do like the guys. I mean, personally, they seem they seem very personable. They just seem to nod to all the wokeitude. Not like here's the thing. I bet I would bet money we could sit down and play D and D with those two guys. But yeah, uh, they probably they personally wouldn't be a problem. 
No. Um, I might roll my eyes if they talked about needing, uh, which they probably wouldn't, needing uh, safety tools. Safety tools. Safety tools, you know. I think they can read the room. I mean, they're pretty real dudes. I mean, the Brett guy's a hunter and into martial arts. Sean's ex-military. But they kind of have kind of given that lip service to that. And sometimes, you know, that's not so great. But they do a pretty good job if you listen to them. I think they do – when you if you can ignore that part, they do a pretty good job of discussing RPGs. And I just thought it was kind of kind of bittersweet – uh, and I, I, they have, they're having an episode, their last episode, they're going to be, they invited people to fill out a survey and say, do you have any questions for them before they go? And I just, I, I asked them kind of what was the sign uh, that they uh, saw? What was the first time they noticed, hey, I think this is getting long on the tooth. It's time to hang it up. And um, then I told them that I really, and I still appreciate them because they got me into the, they really led me to this road. There's no doubt about it. So Joe, not so much. He had plans well before that, but. He's a planner. I just didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. Trigger. You got any extra stuff? So that was my episode 384. Four episodes left. Anybody watches Gaming BS, you better get your film now because soon it will just be old stuff. Phone guy. Mm. Phone guy. Hey, phone guy. The name's new to me. I don't recall seeing phone guy before. It rings a bell, though. But welcome, dude. We are yes. so glad that you are here. Thank you Definitely. so much. Um, something else I ran into podcast wise, yeah, is um, Writer Dojo and DVR. That's where DVR, yes, oh, okay. is uh, cool. Welcome, man. Yes, uh, DVR is a, is a uh, YouTube channel. Check them um, out, they do they do good work over there. Um, scan they scam, bust scammers, basically. Yes, they do, and that's no one needs busted more. That's awesome. You guys do a great job. Um, writer dojo. So there is a uh, a book writer, series like write with a pen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Cool. Um. Uh, Larry Correa, he write, writes a, a a book series, a few series, but one of them is Monster Monster Hunters International. Okay. And oh. So he and a friend of his, uh, who's um been in the writing biz i think he runs um some other he's it he, he's not i don't he does some writing now but i think he primarily uh for the writing biz he's in a, a different part of it uh editing and stuff like that sure but they do a podcast on writing and uh yeah so i listened to a few episodes because that's something i've tried to get myself into but have been unsuccessful thus far to write more than a few words i think it would be it would do us both good to listen to stuff like that, especially if we're ever going to make mud sort of reality. Right. So, um, so any of you guys that like uh, Monster Hunter International, and uh, these guys are cool. They are far from left wing. Yay! They are far from left wing. So, well, our, an interesting note: Monster Hunter International. Our buddy Eric C. and Kevin Con. He loves that series. He has the Savage World version of that role-playing game of Monster Hunter International. And it actually sounds like a fun game. I'll keep telling him he needs to run it. So it'll be fun to play. So, yeah, I've, I've only read the first uh, book in that series. Um, I've read it. Sounds good. Yeah, it's... Um, I would say it's not the highest caliber writing, but that was his first work. So sure, to be fair. Uh, he's written dozens and dozens of, st- of books since then. So... Um, not to say it was bad, but it's it's definitely a different style. So, but check it out. It's short. It's a short book. 
Yeah. All right. We're going to mash the monsters again today. We're going to talk about incorporeal undead. I hope to get mainly to uh, some of the alternate takes. I don't know if you took some time to have create your own. I'm a little proud of one of mine. But we'll I know see. which one it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm very sure. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, but the main undead that we're discussing are going to be the Banshee, also known as the Groaning Spirit, the Ghost, the Spectre, the Shadow, and the Wraith. That's the main ones that we're going to be looking at. We can mention others. I don't know if any came to your mind. Uh, but in their first appearance, strangely enough, um, hey, Kill Raven. Uh, uh, he's here. Oh, see the show live for once. Good. He just caught it on the on the download later. But OD&D had the uh, Spectre and the Wraith and the Shadow came in the Greyhawk supplement. And then in Beckney rules, we finally got um, um, oh, we didn't get nothing new. We didn't get nothing new till AD&D 1E. Hmm. Um, Shadows are undead now. Yeah. They've always been undead, dude. Max. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's talking about, dude. Shadows are undead. Hope he's hopefully he's always been. Yeah. Um, and uh, the ghost didn't come in until AD one. At least I didn't see it. I, mean, I, I do my research on my iPad. I've got all the books from different editions of the Monster Manual. Um, and we got um, the ghost and the groaning spirit. The Banshee was the groaning spirit. And then right. we, we keep them throughout uh, the different editions. Uh, I couldn't find. The uh, shadow, nor the banshee in Fori, but I'm sure it was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, just probably one of the books that I never um, checked, checked out before. Um, what are your general thoughts of incorpor- incorporeal undead? I, I like, uh, I like them. I think they're a fine enemy. Um, now, the way some DMs, um, oh yes, shadow. <laughs> Uh, yes, of, of course, an incorporeal undead would claim to not be. Yeah, to get into a crowd of humans to gotcha. uh, maybe drink on, of their maybe, essence. Maybe on a podcast and siphon our life essence through the internet. Better watch that dude and his son. Sure, you have keep it. your eyes peeled. That's right. That's probably- so a lot of um, there are DMs out there, and I I ran into one, mm-hmm. and I know that there's more. Um, who want incorporeal and undead in general to have special senses so that they detect living and I they like make it idea, but I know we talk yeah, about but it adds power to the depending on how you play it I so really if, they, actually. if they can detect um, the living and it doesn't work that much different from regular sight fine right. so in darkness maybe they're fine that makes sense but through walls um, through floors, uh, knows how far away you need to be to, to detect. And I've had DMs uh, attack with level draining undead through the floorboards of, or through the solid stone um, of a dungeon room because oh they can they know where you're at they can just see you because you know they're undead and you're living they're incorporeal so they can just touch you right through the floor sex to be <laughs> whatever. I can't shake my my desire is to use that because it just it feels right for undead, especially in corporal. I get but, that. But you're right. You have to be careful. I guess if I were going to use it in the game, I would have to put some strange restrictions like they have to actually they couldn't sense you through like any kind of physical block. Um, um, 
And I think, um, yeah, I think it is a little too deadly. Um, but in general, I think that Incorporal Undead put an extra level of fear into Oh, sure. Because even, especially if you know nothing, even if you never played, played, if you never played D&D before and you face a ghost, the first thing that comes to a warrior's mind is, what am I going to do against a freaking ghost? Right. I'm swords and arrows and axes. I mean, holy crap. And I think they have a holy crap factor built right into them. And that goes for all of them. Every single incorporeal undead. I mean, ghost, shadow, wraith. How are you going to hurt them? Period. And they did all of them need magic weapons pretty much to affect them um, in all the versions of D&D. Right. And they had different versions of D&D handle it a little differently. But some of them, it was just you had to have that weapon to hit. And if you didn't, you didn't. In the third edition, it was um, 50%. Is it a 50% thing? Third edition, third edition was challenging. It said, believe it, it sounds simple. 50% chance to take damage from a corporeal source. Correct. So not 50% damage, but there's a 50% chance they'll take any damage as long as it's magical. Right. And they ignored armor and shields. Right. So they had the touch attack in third edition, which I think was actually a pretty good a pretty good mechanic in the game. Yeah. And they and that made sense because you used to always wonder, why does a ghost have to hit your armor class? Your armor is doing absolutely nothing against a ghost. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> but here's another thing. A ghost, if you if you go with um um lore from our world. Uh-huh. Um, ghosts are here because they have unfinished business. Yes. If you can figure out what that unfinished business is, you might be able to send the ghost on their way without even fighting them. Correct. You might have to negotiate. You might have to run. And at low level, and for a ghost, low level is probably anything under 7th or 8th level, yeah. depending on... Oh, except the caveat to all of this is, is a cleric. So if you have a cleric with two levels, you're going to pre- pretty much be running off most undead, even ghosts, I think. I know. They can start turning. The ghosts were kind of hard to turn, actually. Um, I, I listed some of the common powers, and I was, I, was, I was trying to talk about the ones that were a little bit interesting. The one that stayed consistent until uh, until around uh, third edition, oh, Kilraven says, I always let fighters, paladins, rangers use the chart that allowed monsters to hit each other. That's generous. I would not do that. that that's a, a first. That's an uh, AD and D thing. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. I just don't recall it specifically. Yeah, um, but like for example, on some of these creatures, let's say the banshee. So we all know about the banshee as well. That's yeah, pretty deadly. Saber guy. Um, they also had a thing. I didn't catch this till later when I was reading it. If you're within five miles of one of them, it guarantees an attack. If you rest within five miles of a groaning spirit, so it basically knows. Thanks, Kill Raven. Yeah, it is. It basically knows that you're around. It has. It can. So there's a there's a way to say that's kind of sense living with a five sure. mile range. You know. Yeah, and it, that it, it one undead. that one undead had it, and that was a third edition thing. That was actually an original AD and D edition. Okay, so the the banshee had it. Yes. Yeah. Now. That was in 2E, in fact. Um, 3.5, they had a horrific, horrific. Now, this is where it gets scary. They had a horrific appearance. Now, they were like a CR 16 or 13 in 3.5. You would take D4 drain to strength, con, and dex if you mm-hmm. 
drain. Now, those that aren't in the know, drain in 3.5 is forget it, you're gone. You lose the stats, they don't come back unless you actually use magic to get it back. Rest won't bring it back. Damage, rest will bring back one per day. And if they touch you, they could drain a D4 charisma. Oh, my bad. They were a CR 17, so mm. which was much higher than they ever considered back in the day. Or maybe it was that I just used them on much lower level characters. That was probably it. But um, the ghost was pretty standard. I know they changed the whole. It used to be like a their touch was 10 to 40 years of aging. In second edition, their sight would age. Just seeing them would sight age you 10 years until a cleric was sixth level or a character was eighth level. And then they would get plus two to their save. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. So, and um, that whole, yeah, they're scary. You want to run. Even, you don't even have to be low level to want to run from uh, getting your, getting aged. That could end the oh. career of any human of yeah. any, any caliber. Uh, Darth says damage heals drain is permanent. Yeah. That's what you just said. Oh. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to have magical healing. Um, and I just want to do this real quickly. I know these are powers we know, but something I thought were interesting. Um, in Spectres had a lot of these creatures, uh, the Spectre, the Shadow, and I think the Ghost. Yeah, it was described as hard to turn in 2nd edition, but in 3rd, 3-5, the Spectre and the Shadow uh, had uh, turn resistance. Resistance. Which did make it a little bit harder. Um and the Spectre drained two levels at a pop. So they were kind of deadly, like they were like a a ghostly vampire. So they were pretty Spectres were deadly, dude. I mean, they never were kind of something to take lightly. Is there um any other way around the enchanted weapon thing, uh like having a blessed weapon? I don't recall reading that. There might have been one for a specific creature, but I didn't see that in a gen generally over the time. Daylight, weakness, um, powerlessness was kind of a common thing. Um, the whites especially were powerless, but they had turn resistance. Oh, sorry. The race had turn resistance too. So they, I think they kind of, every edition made the Incorporal Undead a little bit buffer with their hard to turn business. Right. But, as we know, the chart got stupid fast for the cleric. So very fast, whatever. So, um, what else was interesting about them? Uh, the uh, three five did have a wraith that was um, that drained con, drained con d six at a pop, and then there was the advanced wraith. The dread wraith was d eight drain. <laughs> well, yeah, that was pretty brutal. Plus one level. Those, those doubled on crits, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> we got critted by a dread rate that would be two to it drain to your con. You could lose sixteen con. And that's that's death. Crazy. Yeah. Death. Or no, it's death or more more specifically, probably undeath. Yeah, exactly. And they all had that uh, the Wraith had that ability to turn you into one of itself. The shadow could do it. The Spectre, I think he did too. The ghost did not turn you into a ghost, and the Banshee did not turn you into a banshee because she was all about I'm super sad and I want you to die because you're living. Right. Not all not all the undead made new ones. Yeah. And then you get killed by a ghost, like especially when they're aging, you just pile of dust. Yeah, Shadow said sometimes silver weapons would work. Depends on the creature, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I can't remember which ones it was exactly. I wrote this outline. I got it done pretty quick. Remember, I sent it out last week, so it's been a while. But, um, yeah, I don't want to belabor that part um, unless you want to talk more about particular those particular ones. 
in there. No, I, I do remember lots of character death from these sexual foes. You know, and even when I in this, and to be honest, you know, you know, I'm not afraid to kill characters. You know that, Joe, especially back in the day. But sometimes I would put them in there and not purposely. Like, well, I ran modules a lot, and I remember many modules you would face off against a wraith at maybe fourth level, and I'm like. These things are, and, I, and the first time I did it, I didn't think about it. And I just practically murdered a whole party. But to be fair, you guys were literally encountering a wraith for probably the first time ever in your life. And it was just murder fest. And you, I remember the look on your faces when I said, oh, you lost a level. And you're like, what do you mean? I mean, you're third level now. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, here's the thing about the early game was level loss wasn't as catastrophic. I mean, it felt like it because we it sucked. But it wasn't as catastrophic as it is perhaps in later editions where you get more from your level, you level faster, more powerful kind of in general. Yeah. But um, the power curve in earlier editions was a lot flatter. So, yeah, you had to grind a little bit more to get it back, and it sucks. But you can. Or you just make up a new character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah oh, you just you just – is um the shadow the one that drains the the shadow the one that drains strength? Yes. Well, they okay. they do strength damage in three five, strength drain early on though. And they were low yeah. hit dice, but they were pretty painful. And this is truth, Cal. You better put some spec on that name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, dude, they were. And that, that's respect. right. Respect, fear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's an incorporeal and uh, incorporeal undead in front of you. What do you do? Run. Yep. That's but always I, been a, ch ch uh, you know, that's always been an, uh, almost always an option unless you put, you know, that lots of early games, you walk into a room, the door slams shut behind you and locks. <laughs> yep. You I know. had more people, Max says, I had more people quit games over level drain than from being killed. My players wouldn't quit, but that was mainly because we were young and I was the only dude in town that was running D&D &D that they knew. But probably it was more like they would just like they lost a level or two. They're like, I don't care. I hate like Joe said, they just punt the character. I'm making a new character up. I don't well, want to. Yeah. So them. shadow, a shadow. Yeah. You know, shadow and son's buddies. Mm -hmm. the, the drain your strength. You go from being uh, you have you have a two or three strength now. Yeah, and, and you're a fighter. And no realistic options to get it back. Not a third level, you don't. You don't have no. the cash to get a high-level priest to do it. And, right. And if you're in the village of Hamlet, where's the high-level priest at? Right, right, right. <laughs> so, and Randy's not just going to have one show up out of the blue just to save your butt. No. Why would so, I? So, um, if, it's, if, if you already know there's no option for you to get back to normal, Apart from if you just lose a level or two, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But when those other stats get drained to nothing, time for a new character. I thought I we are. A three strength fighter is not worth playing. Yeah. And when everybody else is ninth level and you get drained down to third level, there's a lot of frustration there too. Even mm -hmm. though they started with the first level character, it's like, I just don't want to look at this guy anymore. You know, and plus they knew they could start a new character. And if they ran with the hob, we used to always make everybody start at first level. So if you were eighth level, the party was eighth level, roughly. And uh, you dropped to first, you began an experience like that. You'd be at third or fourth level before you knew it. Oh, so your strength comes back two to eight turns, two to eight turns after being touched. Okay. So if that's the case, oh. then that was never a really a big problem. Oh, okay. I, 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 I do I know. I, yeah, I do. I do remember needing uh thinking about new characters 
after encountering certain <laughs> sorts of undead. Right. It might not have been a shadow, but it was other stuff. Yeah. Drain, drains you down to nothing. I do remember getting drained to first level oh. from like fifth or seventh. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And you know, well, and you know that level drain things is on top of. We've talked about it. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm somewhere, kind of. I see the good and the bad of it. I see more bad than good, but it was a thing. Uh, oh yes, dude, yes. Good DM can make shadows very deadly, even if with there, if, Yep. Yeah, a, a decently uh, leveled party. You don't just run into a shadow or two. You know, run into several. Okay. Two to eight turns is twenty minutes to an hour and t- hour and twenty. Yeah, so, I, no matter what version of D and D it is, that's you're done for that fight as far as your strength. You could get completely mortalized. Because uh, if you lose all your strength, you become a shadow. If you go to zero, at least you did in three five. Yes, I don't know about in two e. In three three third mission, absolutely. Um, what about ecology and stuff? So thinking about undead and um. Incorporeal and dead. Uh, how do they tend to fit in the world? I guess they're basically. There, I think there needs to be some cosmological consideration. Yeah. You know, some uh, lore. I mean, um, you can as a DM. Okay, need is probably yeah strength zero strength equals a shadow. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So um, You can just run undead as is, just has they're written in the book, especially randomly, especially fo- a lot of folks who like to to um, uh, be impromptu as a DM, you know, throw things together on the fly and turn the corner and there's a, a, a bunch of ghosts. Sorry about your luck. Uh, without With a little consideration for lore, how they fit into their world, you can do that. I think though a little more interesting if you have uh, some some bit of lore behind them that uh, makes sense within your world because it may, it'll make it a little interesting even if you don't have it at the beginning. Right. If you end up if you uh, as as you play for some reason or another you end up having a lot of undead, um, and the and the players want to dig into it. You should provide them some lore, and yeah. it should make kind of sense or, or just be fun it doesn't necessarily have to make a lot of sense but there should be a there's a place where they should fit in i think the i think what why do spirits come back and we're going to tackle this in a minute with alternate takes but you need to make some sort of uh some sort of some kind of caveat some sort of rule for that some sort of reason at least in your own mind i think why they're there yeah. um, and you know it doesn't they don't necessarily fit in all that well especially ghosts uh mm-hmm. with uh, like the standard cosmology of D and D, when right. you die, your spirit goes somewhere to petition, and you go through some process. Uh, if you're a bad guy, your spirit goes down to hell. I mean, there's no, there's yeah. no real if ands or buts about that. Yeah. But the the ghost puts a wrinkle in that because, um, like I was saying earlier, uh, real world real world mythology says. Ghosts stay here because they have unfinished business. Well, right. Oak doesn't care what your unfinished business is. You get up here right now, dude. And, and you know, I've heard some people, in, I think in Dragon magazines, and I've read it that, and I would easily justify it. I would just say so, a few, a few souls are strong enough, willful enough, you know, to say, "Screw you, Odin. I'm not mm-hmm. going to the light, and you can't make me." And Odin's like, "Eh, you'll be here eventually. You're going to get right. tired of living there." Yeah, it's possible. I mean, you could justify it that way. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
but eco- ecologically an actual ecology of these guys a lot of them are um tomb inhabitants so which does make sense yeah. and it would cause adventurers to encounter them so that would be a thing they would need to be concerned about um they could be under the power of some other more powerful undead or necromancer so um they fit into the logic of the world without necessarily needing an ecological niche true looks like john's heading out it's 137 he's going to be driving early in the morning take care bud thanks so much for joining yeah yes thank you let us know if you're doing a live stream and joe and i'll try to stay up one night and hang out with you a little bit pay you back appreciate it um so um can you remember what are some of the can you remember any really great uses or experiences you had as playing um okay Hold on, hold on. Stop, stop. Yeah. Max says <laughs> in fifth edition, shadows are people too. Many are bards. <laughs> he got to be joking. So, you know, it's fifth edition, so I, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm still <laughs> a ding. I don't know what that ding is coming from. You're a Maybe ding. it's coming from here. I may have gotten a ding, to be fair. I, I got a ding. Okay, so I'm closing some windows, so... You're, I'm a ding man. <laughs> ding bat. Let me shut mine down, too, in case we get the double ding. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, my thought is, when I think about experiences with Undead, um, probably the Banshee stands out the most in my campaigns. Um I, um, no, Max was joking, (laughs) but he said, even if I was joking, it's probably true. He's right, dude. There's no telling what they're going to make character races these days. Um, There's the whole orcs are people to kerfuffle on Twitter that I was talking about earlier. So, you know, I I think I I wouldn't doubt it. Undead are people too. I remember you tell me if I'm wrong. Wasn't I mainly the. I'm like I would bring a banshee in somewhere and I would usually put them in a swamp. And I was wasn't I mean, I would be happy to kill you guys, but you guys usually had a chance to know there was one roaming around because you would hear them moaning and groaning in the distance before they used their whale. And you guys, if I remember correctly, mostly chose to avoid. Pretty yeah. much someone come pretty much no matter what level you were, which is why. Or or if it wasn't a groaning spirit, if it was a, an actual ghost. Right. Um I would try to convince you to let me figure out what how we could do to send it on its way without fighting it. You didn't all, you didn't often let me do that, well, but is, you did sometimes when it made sense. Well, the truth is probably because I just at the moment didn't have a good reason. It was like ghost be a cool fight. I like I like magic jar. I'll magic jar Joe's butt, cast a spell, and kill the party. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, magic I did. jar be powerful. I mean, you know, and that was a lot of our plan then was that I'm remembering was early days. I'm thinking later on, uh, even the third edition era, I probably used race. Um, no, I didn't use incorporeal. I guess I used it some. I'm probably a big fan of shadows. Um, but nothing really comes to mind as far as something really great experience I can recall with incorporeal undead. You had the one DM that did the drain the level through the floor. Do you have any others that you remember that were significant? 
that's that's primarily it. Oh, yeah. he he was fond of giving them character levels too. But oh, shadows booking later, buddy. Thanks for hanging out this long. We See you later. Um, let's say we slide into the alternate takes. Um, did you want to? I thought I would. Did you have any? I have three down. Did well, you make them yourself or? You, I, I have one in mind, so you okay. go ahead, and I will. I've got commentary on them. Okay, so number one, this was just me thinking about how what would be an alternate way to use these incorporeal undead. I said first, make them more dangerous as spirits, which cannot be hurt by mortal weapons. Maybe even nothing short of exorcism or a barrier type magic. Um, so, in other words, you know, make them make them truly scary. So when that idea that you see in a you know a ghost. Your fighters are like, I'm useless. And maybe they should be because they don't have physical form. Magic right. otherwise, it's not about that. They don't actually, there's no body for you to murderize and take hit points from. Um, you may even have to find some ritual to banish them back, like you said, to some nether region or perhaps send them, put them to rest. I would make them, this would make them story rich monsters. I mean, they would have a story behind why they're there. You wouldn't put them in willy nilly. And they would be very hard to kill directly. And I mean any of them. So I would not have a dungeon full of, you're going to fight 12 race. Nope. You're going to fight four or five shadows. Um, nope. You know, there's something about them that's special. So they, they would they would probably appear more singular and be right. more special. And maybe you wouldn't have, maybe you would just call them spirits and not necessarily label them as ghosts, whatever. You could use a spirit, could have any power you want. That's, you know, you can steal from a banshee, you can steal from a ghost. And the players wouldn't know until they learned about their story. Right, right. So what I was saying is just that you, the mm-hmm. players would need to find what is tying them to the real, the, the world of the living. Uh, a, a good way to do that, or, or some good reasons are something else is controlling them, perhaps. Another oh. spirit, powerful, yeah. um, or a necromancer, perhaps. Uh, a caveat to this could be uh, something a la Supernatural, where there were yeah. a couple of different things mm-hmm. uh, they are that, that you could do that could disrupt them, but not necessarily kill them. Yeah. So, uh, cold iron. They used cold iron on a couple of ghosts. They, they had crowbar or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, made, it, it made the thing dissipate, and, and it took a while for it to reform. Yeah. Um, and salt was a barrier. Yeah. So iron would, would, would dissipate them for a short while. Just a short while. So it, so having something like that, some mundane things you could use uh, once you have tangled with one and maybe done some research, then uh, you could use them to keep yourself from getting murdered. Yep. I like what Shadow, no, Sean Driscoll, put the candle back is what removes the shadow. <laughs> you didn't say that right. Oh. Put... The candle back. <laughs> so it's something I should recognize from, is it Young Frankenstein? Young Frankenstein. Then you find a diary number that tells the story. Okay. I'm sorry. Good one, Sean. Dude, I'm not uh, not that not that conversant in Young Frankenstein. I have seen it, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and having something like that, especially if you maybe throw out the turning bit, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So uh, perhaps instead of turning, you have to do a specific ritual. Yep. That's and what then, 
Darth was saying that in particular back a while back, uh, require a specific action that needs to be completed before. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think you'd have to, I didn't think of that. It's a good point, Joe. That and that could keep that undead viable. Yeah. Through levels. You could use them anywhere and you wouldn't have to worry about the power of the, I mean, sure. You've got, um, in various versions of D and D, you know, undead busting spells and whatnot. Sure. But, um, apart from, you don't want to house rule every little bitty thing, no. but, those those broad strokes can get that thing, that undead thing, in a, a much larger range of levels and usefulness instead of it being a narrow band. And a spell I never liked um, because I thought it was kind of silly that it affects mainly demons and devils. I think spirit rack could have been could be manipulated in that setting to get information from them if you're so inclined, or maybe that could be one of the few spells that can actually do something to them. Or banishment. Yeah, our banishment, and so that's pretty high level. But Spirit Rack might force them to tell you why are you here, what yeah. are you thinking, yep. and maybe it would give them. You know, they could say that. You know, to put the candle back. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, Iron Man says shorten the time the spirit stays away if turned. Sure, I would be more inclined um, to not let them be turned at all. Um, maybe not turned, maybe kept at bay. Maybe kept at bay is the best you could do. That's probably a good way to do that. So instead of making them flee, the particularly intelligent and powerful undead, they just can't come, they can't touch you physically, and (laughs) and you they stay away from you. Maybe they stay five feet away, something like that. Clears can't automatically give them the D either. The D in the table. <laughs> that was not good. Lord forgive me. <laughs> the, the destroyed result would be out. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yes, okay. you did. You got to pray um, about that, sir. I do. I need to pray and repent. Um, okay. Uh, second one. Um, what if incorporeal? This is a different approach. What if incorporeal and dead acted as spirit guides to shamans and wizards, perhaps even familiars, a la familiar spirits? Creatures you could bind or con- contract to service, perhaps ones you could treat with in order to learn arcane secrets. Each type would be ranked by deadliness and power, having correspondingly valuable, useful information. Or just grouped together as spirits, giving them the powers you wished. So in other words, the banshee type, the groaning, this is a groaning spirit. You know, he is, the groaning spirit is um, upset because he failed at some ritual as a mage. Or he failed at learning this secret as an alchemist. And if you can get him to describe it, you know, if you can get him to describe, tell you what, because he's he's very secretive because he never figured it out. He doesn't, doesn't want you to. So you have to deal with him. And perhaps you can find some way to get him to tell you what's going on. And you can either finish his work or maybe you and he together would figure it out. Um, you could almost, like I said, I kind of, it'd be interesting to make them actual familiar types where they follow you around. You know, one uh, idea I had for a story similar to this where uh, a person is tormented by nightmares. They become waking dreams. He looks in a yes. mirror. He's go- uh, instead of his own face, he sees a ghostly image there. And eventually, it, the, he, the creature is able to tell them that, hey, wake up, dude. I'm your mentor. You are a powerful wizard, and I have to, get you, I have to train you. Or just wizard, maybe not powerful. But sure. you are, you are a, uh, someone I need to train. Up. Mm-hmm. And... Um, kind of an origin story, but yeah, that would be cool. Not all spirits, and it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be uh, confined to just the familiar spirits or the no. spirit 
a spirit that is friendly to spellcasters to help them, you could just say that not all disembodied spirits are evil and some are useful. I wouldn't go so far as um, Harry Potter, where they had 15 million spirits in the castle and they were all goofy. But having having, uh, a few kick around. Maybe go, maybe go Dresden style, like Bob. And if those that know the skull and Bob inside there, he's a spirit that maybe was once a person. Maybe not. Maybe it's a complete creature from the spirit realm, the netherworld. And he just likes to be free. And so if you give him a place, maybe he wants a body. Ooh, that could be dark. Or maybe he just wants a place to live like in your domain. And he'll share information for you. And it could be fun because you could make him a real character like Bob. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, I'll do this. But you got to let me inhabit your uh, apprentice for 12 hours because I want to go get laid because that's what Bob was always looking for. Right. And so you could, you'd have to give something up. Uh, maybe I want to go out and eat food for real. I want to inhabit your body so I can eat pizza. Oh, what's Sean saying? Or if you take a weapon, this, this might be um, something uh, up in the chat, but that he's oh. responding to, but take a weapon. It triggers the shadows. Like say, you know, you're in a, Probably he's meaning you're in a tomb or something. Sure. Pick up a weapon out of a tomb and it triggers these shadows. But it's a weapon that can kill them. And after killing the shadows with that weapon, something else is revealed. Sure. That's a cool. That's a cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, and I'm going to do my last one. Uh, and, I, and I titled this The Harrowers. Now, I'm not sure about the first part. I'm saying, what if, what if Incorporal Undead... Um, we're sort of an organization who hungered for life again, even if it's only a semblance. They're taking over the bodies of living people, humans and demi-humans alike. A few such souls are just driven wicked enough to return from the dead. Perhaps they escaped hell's clutches, seeking to inhabit people's bodies. The more powerful amongst them can even slowly eat the host's soul and fully inhabit them, gaining new life. A version of new life. So one possesses me, they destroy my soul, and they're Randy or whatever they want to call themselves. Allow the creature's powers to manifest through their host. Maybe a wraith possessed individual has a cold touch. Slowly after sapping his life, developing, um, um, where they, I lost my, a possessed, uh, slowly developing the ability to sap life from others, perhaps needing, maybe needing, needing to, to sustain the possession and hate sunlight. Maybe a ghost-possessed person begins to change his life completely, trying to mimic or make up for the tragic events that caused the ghost demise, perhaps even as far as leaving the host family and starting a new one. So maybe, you know, he accidentally caused the death of his wife. And so he takes over this one guy's body, who's married, leaves her, and tries to go back and reconcile with his children. Hmm. Uh, and starting a new one. Uh, so that would be, or try to relive his own life. Maybe he killed himself and was really sorry and goes back and he wants to find his, you know, his, his wife, his wife. I think that would be interesting. And the idea here, Harrowers is the name. It's kind of from Deadlands. Uh, those that play Deadlands knows you can play an undead gunslinger who is called Harrowed. But he's possessed by a demon, technically, but brought back to an unlife sort of state. But I think that would be interesting if they were if all spirits, you clumped them all together and a wraith spirit could level drain, a shadow spirit could strength drain, maybe eventually, maybe as a cold touch, maybe not. Maybe you just, you know, reinvent the idea of what does it mean to have a incorporeal undead. They literally all possess people because they hunger to live again. Hmm. Yeah. So it's 
so by organization you don't mean they have meetings and they pay dues and no but I mean, yeah i think that word almost um maybe it's it's a group of them that do this so maybe you have your regular ghosts and shadows and banshees a category of undead category that's a better word than organization yeah i was a little stream of consciousness with this with this uh list sure thing. but that's cool this actually intrigues me i, th- I think I think I would definitely be willing. I'm probably going to experiment with that anyway. I like that idea. This is the one that I really like. So, well, in those in that vein, the idea I had it's not original to me, but um, there is a uh, book series that my wife reads, <clears throat> and sometimes I read to her from it, and it is a pair of uh, uh, it's modern day, and it's a pair of women who are. Uh, super uh, paranormal investigators. Okay. In this, uh, the lore of this uh, series, ghosts are real, and they go there. They capture them, and in this, uh, when a spirit doesn't move along for whatever reason there is, mm-hmm. they start out fairly normal, low energy. They they're just floating around trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer they stay around, the more. They have the potential for becoming evil ah. because they, they go kind of crazy and they absorb energy from around them. It gives them different powers. Supernatural is a little like that with some ghosts. Right. So crazy. Yeah. You could you could redesign the various incorporeal undead to be stages. Yes. And say after 100 years, maybe you become uh, uh, a ghost. No, a ghost. So you start out just a disembodied spirit Ah. with no real abilities to drain levels or anything like that. You might be able to magic jar, but I would say you would magic jar, but it'd be difficult. You'd have to. Or even um, if you did it, maybe just enough to say, oh, I can't believe my, oh, woe is me, woe is me, just for a few minutes and then you're out of the body. Yeah, kind of like Beetlejuice. Yeah. When they first got their their mojo, they weren't able to do anything spectacular, but just funny. So, yeah. um, so you start out with low power and you might be even have different, different paths. You might all, not, all, not all uh, disembodied spirits. Um, every PC you kill, you gain an undead upgrade. Yeah, that's cool. That would, um, that would work great with the harrowers. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so maybe not all, um, disembodied spirits end up becoming shadows or mm. grown spirits or whatever. Um, it'd be up to the DM, I would say. Yeah, that's. Um, that's a pretty cool idea, actually. I like so, that. yeah, and then you could uh, the pieces as they explore the world. They might find bits and pieces of that lore and put it together, or may not. It, it all depends mm-hmm. on what happens. But it'd be that would be a cool way to uh, have undead, and you don't even need to have every uh, ghost having all the same powers. Nope. So no, you can have not. you can just have um, spirit. And then have a list of powers, and you decide what they have, how long they've been around, whether they're evil or not. They might not be. So, um, um, especially, I think in the this book series, if the spirit remains, uh, like this one, the, the the one, some of the spirits seem very friendly and able to help. Um, but I I can't remember what the circumstances were, right? As far as why them. Except, um, except maybe it was you know convenient for the story, right? But you can make up certain things like maybe they're they they stay in their 
uh, domain and their domain is undisturbed largely. So they're not disturbed. They don't have to worry about going mad or, and maybe it just takes a real long time under those circumstances. But if you're in a tomb and it's always getting raided by those pesky PCs, they're all waking you up at all times. You're going to get mad every once in a while and have to drain one of those PCs. You get some XP and Hey, now you can magic jar those crazy people. Right. Right. I, I, I like that. That's cool. No, I think that's about all we got on the ah, kill, kill Raven. Ah. The two E. Van Richten's Guide to Ghosts gives them different magnitudes. So you that's know, something. I never bought that one, but that's it, interesting. Yeah, cool. Undead Upgrade. Resist Exorcism. I like the way you think, Cal. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, you can design a whole adventure around a ghost trying to obtain that um a power or a because campaign they, they have they magic jar various people and get you to do things for them and they acquire all the means for them to obtain that power through you that'd be great yeah oh kill ribbon says they're all worth having yeah i agree i wish i did have them i, I think i had a few before i gave a lot of my stuff up cal says yeah table breakers are in in session so you're gonna have to pick and we like you best, Cal. <laughs> we really like you. That's no, cool. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I wonder how much those Van Richten's guides are on uh, eBay. eBay. I hate worth eBay. looking up. Yeah, probably can get them pretty cheap as PDFs until and maybe have uh, print them out on Lulu. Yeah, and there's there's really no telling. Um, I'm doing it right now. Uh, Darthiac. Um, oh, Cal says, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 20 bucks for Van Richten's guide. To That's go. not bad. Buy it now. 20? Yeah, in the shrink, 64. Well, I don't need it in the shrink. Uh, according to Darthic, 2E Ravenloft had a lot of stuff for Undead that was both very cool and very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was into Ravenloft Heavy, boy, there was a lot of... A lot of cool undead stuff, but no, that's, that was kind of their uh, wheelhouse. Cal, Van, Cal says he's haunting. Ooh, has he given himself away? Yeah. Has he done that? I think he has. I think he's been attacked by shadow, and he's been changed into a shadow, and he's been left here. He he didn't put the candle back. He didn't put the candle. Oh, <laughs> uh, shall we hit our one random question? And sure thing. Okay, so um, we are. I didn't have anything more with the incorporeal undead. No, um, I'm hoping that, and I, but I thought we brought up some interesting, cool things yeah. for these guys. And hopefully going forward, when we do the monsters, we can provide something more than just, this is what they do. Yeah. I kind of tried to, those that know, try to do that quickly tonight. I just picked some things that I thought were neat. Um, we may revamp this format a little bit, uh, but I, I do like the alternate takes. I know I would want to hear that if I was watching a show, mm -hmm. I would alternate takes to like, and I know all the powers they have. I've been a D&D nut for 40-something years, so I don't need that review. But it was fun to reminisce. Of the old, it was kind of neat to read the old monsters. Like, dude, I didn't know ghosts could do that. I didn't know shadows could do that back in the day. You know, or I didn't remember it. It was more likely the way I was. Right. It's, it's, you know, you, you play many editions, and some yeah. you haven't played in a while. You can't yeah. keep... you. Well, some people may be able to keep all that in their head. I, I can't. Uh, right. 
anymore. It's not, it, it used to, I, I know back in the day, I was pretty proud of myself during second edition. I knew my monster went, I mean, backwards and forwards, but uh, not so much anymore. Right. All right. So, but if there, if you guys have any uh, suggestions for future monsters, uh, hit us up uh, either on Anchor or hit us up uh, email or leave comments here in the video. Um, and we will do our best to follow up on that. Yeah, AD&D 180 Lords of Darkness. I think I remember I think I may have had that at one time. So, yeah, I think that was pretty sweet. Is that a module or is that a supplement? I think it was a supplement. And is that was that a TSR property yes, or almost, that? Uh, almost positive. Because uh, Lords of Darkness, that almost sounds like it could have been a Rolades type of thing. It sounds like a 3E one, though, but he said, nope. Yeah, it was um, AD&D Forgotten Realms. Um, yeah, I had that. Yes, I did. And he's right. It was seriously good. Man, I gave away such good, got rid of such good stuff. I didn't give it away. I got paid, but still, I wish I could do TSR stuff. I'm like, ah, thank you, Darth. I'm, I'm, this is one thing that I have to work into um, how we do conduct our live stream What's please that? like share and subscribe this this uh live stream this uh youtube video after the fact perhaps and our podcast if you want to uh help us out even more yeah thanks random internet hijinks that's definitely a good uh, a good supplement subscribe 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 to our stuff biggest geek us all right um so Next segment. Yes. One. Um, oh, what? Yes. Thanks, Kill Raven. I knew there's a three version of that. Um, I need to grab me some water. Okay. If uh, you can entertain the people while I am away, I would appreciate it. Okay. I am very entertaining. So while Joe is getting water, um, Lords of Darkness. So when it comes to ghosts, well, Van Richten's God, I guess. I think I had about six of them, and it looks like they're reasonably priced, though that Lords of Darkness book is 35 bucks. That is not ridiculous. Um, what was the one? I'm trying to remember which one was uh, 2E Lords of Darkness was mostly adventures. That sounds right. Um, I thought Lords of Darkness wasn't that a splat book in 3 5 for the undead, or am I thinking of something else? Checking it out now on the well, eBay's not coming up with anything remotely close, but my my eBay food is not great. So um so I'm going to uh jump into the Batman review here in a little bit. The Batman and like I said, I kind of am doing this as a catharsis, I guess, because I felt I actually felt guilty watching it because months ago I was like, I'm through with DC and Marvel, and then I caved in. Um, but I do think it, after watching it, it's not that I felt dirty. I actually felt more justified in my um, decision. So I think I'm, I think I'm out of it again for sure. But... Uh, yeah. Oh, I once armed a shadow with go. Oh, three five. Dig this. I once armed a shadow with ghost touch armor and weapons. 
<laughs> Suck it, dudes. Yeah, I'm sure your PCs were quite happy with that. Oh, all right. Before we get into the the Batman review, we're going to save for last, but I want to do a one random question, and I think Joe will have an opinion. I'm not sure we're going to be on the side. I'm not sure. I'm just going to see how this goes out. Um, here's the one question. Um, and this is, of course, quasi-random. Is it GM or DM? If you're playing Dungeons & Dragons, it's DM. For sure. Nothing else. Um, um, I prefer that for the title of the runner of the game, unless it's really just not appropriate. Like if you're running something modern or sci-fi, DM is probably out of bounds. But anything else, I, I'll just say DM. Yeah. I think we tend to use that. We in our group tend to use that as a generic. Yeah. What are you DMing? I'm going to DM Savage Worlds. Yeah. We've said that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know there's like all kinds of titles like Storyteller and Chronicler. And and I think they have to. So I, don't, I think DM, is it proprietary? I think it is. is DM? Uh, I don't know. It may be. It may be. I can't say one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Kill Raven says DM regardless. Tend to. Um, um, GM, I do say GM a lot, says um, Max. Uh, I do it as well. Um, but DM is definitely something that I have used a lot. My friends use a lot. Who's going to be the DM in the next campaign? We say that a lot. And it may not be a D&D campaign. Um So in the end, it doesn't matter. No, not really. Accurate. And game reference. And Game Master is just a general, right? Um, it's just a... Um, game Master is general, yeah. <laughs> that could be for anything. Max says, there's only DM and GM. All others pretenders. I'll use GM in the place of everything else. You mean you don't want to be Game Mother and Aliens? <laughs> That's GM. <laughs> I get it, kind of, but I still kind of... I get a little prickly at it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the computer system is mother, but that's not the the guy running. I mean, it's going to be a guy most of the time. Yeah, let's the be games. Let's be honest. Is not running. A mother is one thing that they're running amidst uh, amongst all other things. So calling the DM, I get why they do because it's iconic to the IP. But... I think he was also a little bendy of the knee. Oh sure, sure. Let's call it mother because progress. Yeah, and that's true. Legion says they always went to Mother for info and support. That's that's fair, and I hope that that's why Free League did it. But I guess I'm just so suspicious these days that I'm thinking, yeah, it was more than that. So at first I was kind of angry when I read it. I said, oh, wait a minute. Mother was the name of the computer system. So Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's all right. Did they change it in Prometheus? Um, I'm not they sure. I don't remember that reference. They call it Aliens. Aliens as well. It wasn't really referenced as much as it was in the first movie. Yeah. As a mother. I mean, I it was it said some, but I don't yeah. think it was as heavily referenced. Yeah. Not from my memory. Yeah, I can't recall. But yeah. Yeah. It's not, not, not as interesting for one random question, I guess. But, but no, but that, people do have strong opinions about that. It's kind of weird, though, isn't it? It is. Strong opinion. I mean, it, it's okay that you do, but it's like, Game Master is the, in my mind, the generic title. Right? right, but but this is the thing. When I have a strong opinion about stuff like this in games, it's for me. It's not for you. You wow. can say whatever word you want. I don't care. Right. I'm going to say DM most of the time. Sure. Um, unless it's uh, just not, doesn't fit. And then 
uh, someone wants to correct me, I'll just probably ignore him. And originally it was neither one. It was referee in OD&D. Right, right. I think Dungeon Master, it was AD&D was where it came up, came up or was it... Uh, uh, or was it in the Beckme stuff? I want to say it was Beckme. I know it wasn't in OD and D. Right, it was yeah, not. Since it came from War Games, and there was a referee, Legion of Myth. Ain't nobody my master. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm surprised. Has that come under fire at all? Of course. Um, so in in the computer world, you have slave master for different uh, bits of uh, computer hardware, uh-huh. um, and people. Uh, are butthurt about that, and they want to change those words. I can't remember what the, they want, though. In computers, they, in computer language and stuff. Yeah, well, um, this is this is things a slave to that. They don't like that. No, no. And the other thing is called a master. Oh my God! Heaven, yeah, forbid. Yeah. Heaven forbid. It's stupid. Yeah. All right. And yeah, uh, it's just like you know, people have doing been do, wanting to do these things with words at least twenty years now, I think. It started with you have to take the word man out of everything because how dare you say man and it's it's so man you know patriarchy crap but patriarchy but now yeah now you know slave master computer no no colonialism uh, says we called it dungeon master when we played od and d with expansions pre back me yeah i don't know when it came in on man i just know i read that originally and i had the booklet i don't think dungeon master is a title oh yeah no longer no longer slave one it's stupid yeah max primary and secondary i still say master slave i also say gender bender for a male to male cable connector oh okay yeah, I never knew that that was. I never knew that uh, gender bender reference to as far as cabling goes. But oh, random. I understand why. Random internet hijinks may have found it. I think in the home set was the first time. I think he might be right, which was in pretty early on. That was in print. Early, in print, that was early on, and like our man said, people probably were using it before. But I think he's right. I think that is true. That Jay, um, Eric J. Holmes. Yeah, that was before BX. Well, his BX. I don't know. I don't know all the titles. BX was Moldvay, or he was BX and Moldvay. I don't know. So, but not not technically Beck me by Minster. It was well before. Minster. Yeah, I don't know all those delineations. I uh, when I when I refer to all this, the you got old D and D, and then the set of basic expert and so forth. I call yeah. that me, even though Moldvay and all those other ones are slightly different. I think Eric J Holmes did basic, and then Moldvay did basic expert BX. And mm. then Mincer did basic expert companion, blah, 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 master immortals. So I believe. So, and it could all, be, could be. I don't know. Often compiled all that crap, all the Beckme stuff in Rules Cyclopedia. Rules Cyclopedia. Yes. One book to rule them all. All right. So uh, let me get to the Batman. I'm sure Joe's, Joe's not seen it because Joe is. Joe won't see it. Joe is stronger than Randy at this point with this stuff. But I don't, like I said, I felt bad, but honestly, I did. After I thought, it was like you, you didn't really enjoy it, so you're not missing anything. Um, and I want to talk. There were some good things to it. So you got uh, Gotham. Gotham looked pretty cool, though. Some of my opinions are mixed with mine. Uh, friend Greg, who watched it with me, and Silent Josh, who watched it with me. Some of their opinions are, you know, and I agree with some. So I'm going to kind of pretend it's mine and take credit. Um, 
I think it was Greg that mentioned, though, um, I'm not sure if they were going for an 80s or a modern aesthetic. At times, it looked 80-ish in the 80s. Other times, they were looking very modern. So that was kind of like, it was very kind of disconcerting sometimes the way the backdrop looked. Um, the script was bad. And by bad, I don't mean, it wasn't like it was, oh my God, this is so horrific. But sometimes, like when Gordon was talking to Batman, it just felt like a poor comic book uh, script. You know, and they were talking really kind of kind of stilted, predictable, and sort of weak. Um, they didn't handle the lore, in my opinion, very well. Um, I didn't like the fact, and there's going to be spoilers here. Let me pause. If you don't want any spoilers, you need to stop listening. Um, but, um, so here it comes. Spoiler Boy. time. <laughs> Subscribe while I spoil. Um, the Riddler being a serial killer... I thought was dumb. Um, I thought the connection, they made a connection with Falcone, uh, Falcone, the uh, mobster, and Thomas Wayne, Batman's dad, um, that they implied that Thomas Wayne was being harassed by the Riddler's father and that he was not this good altruistic guy that they thought he was. He was doing some shady stuff on the side, supposedly. And this reporter was such a thorn in his side that Thomas Wayne went to a mobster and said, can you just make him shut up? And Falcone killed him. And I'm like, Thomas Wayne was a good dude. Why are you, he's got, you got to drag his, he's, he's got to be this, you know, oh, this, what's the word I'm looking for? Flawed character. Um, yeah, Kill Raven, you're right. Um, says the Riddler being a Zodiac killer ripoff was insulting. There is one already in the Batman lore, Zastam. Use him if you want a serial killer. He's awesome and completely twisted. He literally keeps track with with the tally marks of every victim he has, and his body body is covered in just tally marks. He cuts himself, and Zastan was a crazy killer. Um, so they didn't question though. Uh, what uh, observation? Uh, not having seen it, but from your yeah, description, sure, sure. Um, it seems that these folks tend to overconnect bits of lore together or characters they have to they have to overly weave everything's tangled together uh where it wasn't before uh there was no need for it um mm -hmm. bruce wayne's parents were killed mm -hmm. by some uh assailant in the, the original uh lore and that drove bruce wayne to be a a, a vigilante hero uh I think in the uh, movies from the 80s, they made it out to be uh, the Joker that killed his parents. But I think that they invented that for the movie, correct? Uh, yes, that was not. Yeah. That was not what I was OK, so let's pause. And we're going to pause on the Batman for a second. A couple of folks are clarifying. We got them digging deep. RMS says Dungeon, Ma Dungeon Master was used through OD&D Supplement 6, Eldritch Wiz Wizardry, one year prior to Holmes. Fair enough. And then Random says... The first reference I can find to the DM in the rules is in the Blackmore supplement supplement from OD&D, which might be um, um, the same thing. I don't know. But it's in a supplement. Yeah, it was not in the original. Either way. Not the original three booklets. But anyway, yeah, I think that's true, Joe. And they even implied that, you know, Thomas Wayne's wife, Martha, was, was in Arkham, the first person in Arkham, and that they were close friends with the Arkham family, keeping it, that was it, keeping it all hush-hush. And apparently Thomas Wayne was upset because this 
reporter, you know, found out that Martha was in an insane asylum. I'm like, really? That would make you upset? It just wasn't. It wasn't very believable. The music was kind of weird, but okay. Supplement five, our man says. Um, it was year two for Batman. Um, it, he did seem to, the GCPD uh, seemed too accepting of him, or at least uh, James Gordon was like completely okay with him being at this crime scene, even though some of the police were not were against it, which I can understand because GCPD, before Gordon becomes uh, lieutenant or the captain or the uh, commissioner, uh, they're really dirty. The GCPD is super dirty. Uh, there from a lot of bad cops. Um, so right, that's a carryover, and that's you know bad cops uh, defund the police. Well, but it is accurate to the books. I mean, GCPD was in the comics were not before. Oh, okay. well, that's before, fine. Before Gordon became captain, they were a lot of dirty dealing there. Mm. Um, now fighting was pretty pretty good, and it wasn't over the top, which made sense because he's a young Batman. He's not going to be super ninja guy, unbelievable. I mean, he was having to beat guys down, you know, hit them multiple times. Whereas the Bat that you read about in the comics, at least I did back in the nineties, he'd take folks out with one punch, you know, twist their arm behind their back and just take them out quick. Um, I thought um, the Bat encountered the Cat, Catwoman, and guess what, Joe? He took her out like that, pinned her to a table in about three seconds flat. And she was ninja kick, kick, kick. And he was like, bam, done. And well, at I, least they didn't, they didn't, they didn't bend the knee on that. Well, that was realistic because she went big as a handful of minutes. I mean, right. right. Kravitz, I, I can't buy that. And they didn't try to push that on you. Um, I did think at the end, again, I'm giving spoilers away. The Riddler, Batman was told the story by the Riddler. He gave himself sort of a way near the end and it was really weak um especially after the riddler had been shown to be very capable i mean the riddler was his his riddles were good and it seemed like the riddler that he was killing people which is a little dark trying to trying to be joker or something um but he was like he showed to be really capable the batman hadn't figured hadn't figured him out at all and then all of a sudden he's like he gives it away and gives himself up and i'm like what is this and he started portraying himself like we are kindred spirits. I'm like, God, you're channeling the Joker now. So whatever. So I would say if he did for me, if I wrote that part, I would say that was a ploy for a deeper puzzle. Yes. That would be that would be the well, way to go with that. Supposedly he had all these bombs all around Gotham. You're never going to be able to shut them off. That's like, what? Oh, that's kind of like before. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty weak, and and at the very end, the Riddler. Is in his talk. Someone mentions talks to him after Batman foils him, and there's a guy in the cell next to him. Of course, it's sounding like the Joker. Um, the actors, I'm getting to the actors, um, it was really hard to buy Robert Pattinson, even as a younger Bats. Um, he's way too thin. Um, and I couldn't shake, I'm not normally that put off, but he was way too thin. And when he took his shirt off, I was like, really? You're the Batman. I know you can have long, lean muscles and be a great fighter. I understand it. But Batman, dude, he's like, he is really buffed out. Yeah. Randy's young, but he should have still been pretty big. I mean, Batman was like 6'4", dude. And Pattinson, you know, he, don't, he just looked not impressive. Um, I did like all the gadgets, and they were all early stage ga gadgets being... being um, year two. There was a great one where he was using his uh, prototype... Um, uh, gliding thing where he would 
he would have the kinetic glide wing, you know, his cloak, and he glided down, was going under an overpass as a bus was going over trying to land on it and he and he hit it and knocked him off into a trash can and he's rolling all over the place so he had some little he had some fumbles being young with that and i thought that's what they were trying to show uh i think uh i think that was okay it showed him being young at time he times he was not like the perfect well-oiled machine that is batman yeah that's fair yeah um alfred was played by andrew circus um, he was okay. Um, he was hurt by the Riddler in an explosion. And there was a poignant scene. Overly connected. Huh? Overly, Overly connected. connected. But because he was trying to, because Riddler was going to kill Bruce Wayne. I won't go into the details. And, and of course, he was home. It blew up in his face. And they were, and Batman was kind of a whiny uh, teenager. I'm doing this no matter what. And Alfred's trying to guide him as a more, you know, settled, skilled um older man and he had always kind of was he was resenting alfred and then when alfred almost died they had a bit of a poignant moment in the oh in that the, happened in the continuity of the movie in the, the yeah, movie. Up. okay that wasn't a background no, okay no, never no. mind this happened in the movie and then uh, uh alfred was in the hospital uh bed and you could almost see bruce this is where pattinson did well he finally said wait a minute this guy has raised me and I need to respect that. And I almost lost him because he kept trying to tell him, don't be so crazy. Don't you got to, you got to do, do things more methodically. And that was good. That was pretty good. And you could see Bruce beginning to leave the arrogant prick stage and to become more and, and respect him as a faithful Butler that, that Alfred was. Um, he was okay. Like I said, Andrew Cir- circus was fine to me. Um, I think Michael Caine has been the best, um, Alfred that I've ever seen. Um, of course, it's Michael Caine. But the guy that played uh, Alfred in Gotham, the TV series, was really good. But I didn't like the TV series. Yeah, I, did, I haven't seen any of that. Jeffrey Wright played uh, Lieutenant Gordon. He is a good actor. He was a horrible fit for the role. Of course, I, I thought he was Gordon's actually, white dude. I don't even care about that. He was just he was not. I just didn't buy him as Gordon at all. Um, and Catwoman was played by Zoe Kravitz. Too tiny. She was cute. Um, th- at times, she was kind of, they played her as tough because she was super cool. I mean, the Catwoman is quick. She can cut you with her claws, and she can kick you in the face with her high heels. I mean, the girl, if you're not paying attention, she'll kick you in the teeth, right? That's for sure. But sometimes, like she, Batman abused, I'm mean, abused her, beat her like, you know, beat her quickly. And then this one thug, she just kicks him out, knocks him out with one kick. And I, I guess it's possible, but it just felt a little hard to buy. I liked her sneaky side. I didn't care for much for the fighting. Um, she had a few good lines, though. Uh, she had a bad line, too, when she was like, you know, white privileged males. Which blah, blah, blah. All the white males were idiots. And that was a fact in the whole show. Um, she did have a few good lines, though. Penguin, Colin Farrell, he's caught a lot of, like, praise. He was good. Um, I didn't think... He was awesome, but I think I've heard so much about how good he was that I'm not sure he could live up to it. He didn't look like the heinous character that Tim Burton made. Yeah, that was stupid. I would say as an actor, he was good. I would say Zoe Kravitz was so-so. I would say Robert Pattinson was so-so, but I would call him good. The guy who played Carmine Falcone was John Turturro. You know him from 
he's like from uh, he was in the original Transformers. He was the government guy that was tall and kind of thin. You you would know him. I would probably know him by looking at him. He didn't remind me of Falcone, but he did a good job. He had some good scenes, no really bad ones. I thought he did a really good job as Falcone. And Paul Dano, who I would know if I saw him, but I don't know him by name. You may not. I don't know where I would place him at. He portrayed a weak wuss bag who was super smart. He played it really well, uh, which is what the Riddler is. Um, he was good while he was masked up. They had him in a weird full head mask with like goggles and stuff. Um, I think it's an alternate universe, the, the Batman. Um, that's, that's DC and everybody. But he channeled too much of the Joker, as I said. Uh, reminded me a little bit of Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face. Yeah, because that, that, that was the problem in that movie with yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. It was like you have the uh, the Joker and the Joker. I right. mean, Two Face was the Joker. To Two Face and Two Face wasn't about chaos. No, no randomness. But he wasn't yeah. about randomness. He flipped the coin, but he wasn't about just bringing everything down all the time. Right. Um. I do think that um. He was okay as an acting job. I just liked him better in the mask. As soon as he took his mask off and he gave his plan away, it was just, who are you? You're just trying to be the Joker. I do wish I hadn't caved in and watched it. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Um, and I am going to stay strong in the future. I would give it a 5 out of 10 um, as far as movie goes because it, it wasn't trying to slam wokeness down your throat. But it is not, I think, it is not even close to being the best Batman I mean, um, who's the guy that did the Dark Knight? Nolan? Something Nolan? Christopher Nolan? Yeah. Easily the best Batman movie. I would put the first uh, Michael Keaton movie of Batman above this. Um, I even honestly, except except for Justice League and Batman vs. Superman being a bad movie, I think Ben Affleck was a much better bat. I think Pattinson is probably next to... Um, Who's the guy when George Clooney played Batman? I think he's the worst. I just don't don't buy him as Batman. So yeah, five out of ten, and that's that's only because there was some good. You know, like I said, it wasn't horrendous, but I just kept saying no, no, that's not it. I don't get it. Acting could be better. Writing could be better. Um, yeah, just not so not so great. So yeah, you're missing uh missing nothing. Nothing. missing nothing in my yeah my opinion. Get some old get some old uh Batman comics from uh your local game store or local oh, yeah. comic store or or online. I didn't know about that. Kill Raven says I think the less notable wokeness was due to the reshoots and delays. Probably there's a there's a couple other movies that have been delayed and people are saying the same thing about that. I think you know, I didn't believe it before, but I'm starting to think maybe we will see the pendulum swing back a little bit. Yeah, um, the, th the problem is this. The pendulum, so to speak, will swing in, 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 in that perhaps the DC movies and um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe will have a movie out that isn't as woke as the others. Mm-hmm. But then they'll just use the money they make from that to fund the stuff that is. True. And it'll, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's the way I see it. Yeah, I think that's kind of the Eric July take. Um, yeah, but yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not saying it's enough. Um, oh, Patrick's going to cave in. I'm going to see Doctor Strange. It, too, is delayed. I'm hoping for the better. All no, right. I, I, I'm going to say... Um, From what I understand, it's going to be uh, Doctor Strange uh, not appearing in this movie. Oh, he's going to be in it, but he's going to be... Little. Little, who's the little Marvel character girl? Not Miss Marvel, the one that's lesbian or whatever. She whatever. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be about Doctor Strange. It's going to be about the others. Get ready, Patrick. Scarlet Witch has taken the mantle. Yeah. <laughs> or at least she's going to do all the right things. You know, Doctor at Strange. least Sorcerer Supreme is a mantle. I mean, yeah. Doctor Strange isn't a mantle, but Sorcerer Supreme is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Patrick. Good luck, man. I hope uh, Mar- Mar- uh, America. Uh, uh, yeah. So famous. Yes. What a great. Who, who know? Who cares about her? She's a nothing. Gosh, all these, all these token replacements. Doctor Strange already has female c- characters in his lore. Moon Dragon. Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. Come on already. No, no, no. Looks well, like Darth said. Darth said the same thing. They've got all these good characters, and they want to use them. They just don't want to use them. Or not Chloe, Cleo. Cleo, yeah. Cleo, and has and was was Wong his butler. Wong has had and had a wife. Wong has a wife. Yeah, Kill Raven. I think Cleo's right. Cleo, Cleo. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Kill Raven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Wong, Wong. Uh, I remember in many of the comics, Wong and his wife took care of the house. Yep. And, you know, that's not going to be in there because they're Asian and they look like servants and oh, colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> Read the old comics, like Joe said. Hunt them down. Um, I hope for Patrick's sake it's enjoyable. I hope he doesn't because I know he, he has a radar like we do. He'll see the stupidity. But um, I don't know. I guess I, I don't want Eric July to be right, but I think he is. I think if we support that stuff, I think we're looking at uh, helping them. They're just going to throw us a throw us a little bone every now and again. Oh, but who knows? Maybe it'll be all that in a bag of chips. I doubt it. I'm still so Doctor Strange. Um, had they, there was an animated show they brought out a couple of years before yeah. the movie, and it was complete crap, crap, trash. Right, Marvel's usually. Yeah. The, the biggest complaint I had about it was they're all kung fu fighting. All the wizards, all the sorcerers are kung fu fighting. They're manifesting weapons and not casting any real magic. And Wasn't then, Dr. Strange doing the same thing in his... In his yeah. Control? And, you know, I I looked, I overlooked it because yeah. there were other things about the movie that I liked. But... Kung Fu Inception. At the end of the day, Dr. Strange suffered from the same... The movie... Mm-hmm. The live action movie suffered from the same nonsense. Yeah, they gender swapped and ethnic and ethnic, ethnically swapped the ancient one. The ancient yeah. one was an old Chinese dude, and they had a female European female uh, instead. Who and I, they had to I, invent, huh? Who I thought did a good job, uh, Swinton or Swilda? Tilda, Tilda Swinton. I thought I kind of. She's pretty good. I mean, she per, she performed her role well, but her role that was not the ancient one. Correct. Agreed. Absolutely not the ancient one. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Uh, they had to manufacture a reason why she was old. Spoilers: Dormammu powered her age. No, the office of the uh, Sorcerer Supreme, in essence. 
makes you immortal. I mean, um, Dr. Strange. Yeah, Dr. Yes, Patrick. Um, He's talking about the Disney cartoon, I believe. Oh, okay. The Dr. So, episode was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I saw them months and months ago. Um, I won't disagree. Yeah. And there's other parts of it that were strange. So um, they had to change Mordo into a black dude. Yeah. Yet they had they had that other guy. I can't remember what was his name. Uh, the, the one. The, the, the Dormu's agent. Yeah. So Mordo was that in the comic. Yes. So they didn't need to change Mordo into a black dude and have that bad guy. They could have just nixed the black dude role and had Mordo do all those things. Correct. I know. I don't know. I mean, they're just trying to check check boxes, dude. Casilius, yes, Casilius. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. Really, Casilius. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there was a lot of, I mean, there were a lot of things to like about the movie, but those things are irritating. Yeah. And you know, the truth is, after after being inundated with little bits and more, more bits, more bits over time, it's just after a while, you're like, I'm tired of you jabbing everything and kicking the crap at everything that I like. You know, back to King Waspinator's video, which, you know, we can agree it's, he didn't wasn't strong enough, but, you know, if you're just going to poop all over the stuff that I like, just because you own it and you can, okay, you can have it. Don't worry about me liking it anymore. Let's see how it works for you. Yeah. Well, so far it's working, but I mean, I think I think Marvel's going to start suffering with this, though. I don't know how they're going to carry with their new characters if they go full representation. Yeah. So. That's um, the that's uh, yeah. No thanks. Yes, uh, Dorothea wasn't the ancient one named Sorcerer Supreme. Yes before any white person arrived in the country. Yeah. Um, so the ancient one was the Sorcerer Supreme, and the ancient one selected Dr. Strange after he uh, refused to uh, give in to Baron Mordo as his pupil to become the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. In, in, the, in the comic book. And, um, right. Yeah. And... Um, if Sorcerer Supreme doesn't convey the immortality, I know he underwent some sort of test and uh, some cosmic being. He's an outline, a giant outline in space. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Eternity? Sounds right. I don't know. Something like that. Um, I want a Doctor Strange guy. Right. So Doctor Strange performed some task, and he laid down his life to make sure it worked. Right. And then the dude popped up and said, yep, you're the one. And Dr. Strange became an immortal after that. Right. But yeah, yeah. it can't be that cool. It's not allowed. Right. And the ancient one, I don't think in the comic book they ever said why he was so old. Yeah. So why did they have to say, why can't you have a mystery? And, you know, why are you so old? Wouldn't you like to know? Like you said, we all must be connected. The story must all be everybody. Everybody in the movie must be related somehow. Because and they had right, and they had to twist an early storyline in uh, the comic series where the very first or maybe second issue or second um, it was in Strange Tales, mm -hmm. and um, the Ancient One used an incantation and involved Dormammu to defend himself against dark magic. Oh, okay. Okay. 
about three issues later, because it, uh, Dr. Strange was initially called the master of black magic. Oh, I didn't know that. And then they changed it to master of the mystic arts. Oh, to make it less black magic-y because a comics code thing. Um, I'm not sure if it was in that era, but it could be. Um, but um, they changed it from black magic to mystic arts, probably because black magic. They probably said it. They probably used the phrase without really understanding connotations. So maybe they just changed it because of that. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't read anything, but to to I haven't read anything saying why they changed from one to the other. But they did. And from that point on, Dormammu was force for evil, and they never invoked him in any way. Yeah. It was always up to Mordo to invoke him or be his agent. Patrick said, I actually did like the Eye of Agamotto being the time stone. I know you don't care for it, but I thought it was clever. Um, I thought it was a good way to connect Doctor Strange to the whole... Um, I haven't seen the last movie in the series, so I don't know if he ended up getting the Eye of Agamotto back. But that pretty much destroyed the Eye of Agamotto once you took out the stone. Uh, yeah. But, I, yeah, if you watch Endgame, I think they – I don't know if they fix it or not. Well, I know that I, – I know in watching some um, uh, Loki um, uh, reviews, reviews mm -hmm. that there's like 50 million uh, stones – all yeah. over the place. Right, which is crazy. It's they have a drawer full of the stones, uh, right. different versions of each one. Yeah. That's why I didn't like the end of that What If series on Disney, is there's this crazy thing where Ultron gets all the stones. and It's just like, it's so weird. I mean, why can't... Well, you know, if five... Is it five Infinity Stones? Or I think it's five. If five stones... Five or six, yeah. Six stones are good. Six thousand is better. I mean, that's that's like so third grade-ish. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I, I kind of agree with Patrick. I did think it was kind of clever uh, to tie into the whole uh, Infinity War gauntlet thingy. So, but, yeah. Well, man, I think we're uh, about done here. Are we ready to wrap this puppy up? We are. We have stretched beyond two hours. I think we are overspending our time we are so thanks everybody for coming out tonight and listening to us and batting with us we appreciate that one um, moment one oh, moment oh it's moment i have an alternate um alternate ending ha <laughs> oh sweet um i'm going to share 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 let me can i I'm trying to zoom in Word. Can oh, you read that at all? Not at all. Let me make it bigger. Maybe I can. Uh, main topic. Okay, yeah. Oh, interesting. You send that back to me. Joe is this. Oh, you're getting a peek behind the scenes, baby. Yes. So, can you read it? I can now. If you would like to support our show. Yeah, just read that oh, instead. Oh, oh, he's giving me the script. Oh, sweet. If you would like to support our show, please like, subscribe, and share us where you are listening or viewing the show. Also, podcasts can be found on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and virtually everywhere you get your podcast. 
cash support, which is fun. PayPal at paypal.me slash biggestgeekest. Streamlabs, uh, http streamlab.com slash biggestgeekest. Is it one? Yeah. Oh, oh a tip jar slash tip. Anchor, yeah. WW Anchor for Biggest Geekest. Uh, on the web, our website, www.biggestgeekestpodcast.com. Email at the geeks at biggestgeekestpodcast.com. Joe's got all the sweetness. All the socials, which I'm going to let Joe provide the link for all that. And videos, Odyssey and YouTube. Our socials are Twitter, Facebook, MeWe, Discord, and Gilded. I am participating in Gilded a little bit more than I did Discord. So I'm trying to post at least every week and just bring up topics with folks. So... Right. Yeah. Instead of having just randomly ordered, I figured we could switch, uh, separate it out, especially for for the show notes. Well, we'll work hard on getting that down and smooth and as lovely as we are all the other other times we've done it. (laughs) Yes. Smooth. Smooth, baby. All right, man. Well, one last thing. Oh, one more thing. Patrick Demo, the problem with the MCU is that it keeps trying to out Gonzo each movie. Agreed. Bonus for Patrick, plus one, plus one hit points. All right. So next week, I think we're going to be chatting. We're going to be, uh, I'm going to try to, I'm going to get a preview here. If we can do this, this is I'm going to steal this from Gaming and BS. I really like how they do it. Um, I think we're going to try to do something like go down the editions of D&D and try to fairly criticize them. And I, I got to talk with Joe more about it because I want to be as fair as possible. Um, and try not to be too opinion. Uh, well, we'll see. That's the plan. We're going to try to criticize D&D a little bit. Not to be mean, just to say final things we thought are weaknesses in, in the game. Sure. It's not perfect. No, 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 no. Oh, Patrick asked a question before we roll. Are we doing a Cabin Con Biggest Geekest this year? Oh, we need to talk about that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just assumed we would do something there. Oh, okay. I don't know if we're doing the show. The last time we tried doing something, I, we, I don't have a mobile setup. My my laptop uh, bricked last year. I have not gotten a replacement yet. Um, and um, our situation hasn't, I was hoping our situation would have changed soon enough that I could obtain one before, but I'm not going to. So, what about my laptop? Is that helpful or not? Do you need your suite setup? Well, um, to stream, you do, right? No, we don't necessarily need my computer to stream. Mm-hmm. We just need good enough internet access to Which stream. Is problematic at the cabins. Yeah. Yes. We have internet access, but it's not groovy. It's not very good. So the week so of we, cabin, we'll, we'll talk. I'm going to have a cabin con moment next week built into the outline. And I thought we would talk a little bit about that and let the folks know if we're going to have something for them the week of cabin con it's only two weeks away so not next week next week we should be podcasting regular time yeah and then week of cabin con who yeah maybe probably i'll be yeah i probably can actually i'm gonna be off that week so i can't oh then we maybe could yeah i probably can on tuesday and are you going to be off that week i am off now until no that week of cabin con i work but I am off that Thursday, so I'll be there for the full cabin con. Uh, I will be working, but I teach only one class face to face. So what uh, day? What do you mean? Two? Oh, during the during Monday that time. So. Thursday, nine to eleven. Cal- so we could still potentially do it earlier we or could. just regular time and have no real issues. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. So we'll we'll talk about off air and then we'll talk about it next time 
on the podcast, let them know how it's going to roll that week. Okay, man. Well, this is Randy. And this is Joe. And remember, you can't be big like us. Then big geeks like us.